the complex. Refresh my beverage. So, well, yeah, I need to do a cough too. Don't take away my hill farmstead. Uh, so maybe next man. time I'll bring her some Amaro unless you, or something unless you don't. Uh, What's that? Uh, maybe I, next time I'll bring her some Amaro and some lemon juice and some oh. Oh, Aperol. Yeah, we don't. We need to get We some have new like Sam's Club size of that fake ass lemon juice. Oh, it's, no, it's, it's fresh shit. No, it's got to be fresh squeezed. I get that um, Miami lemon juice too. That's, That's really, oh, it is lemon. Yeah. It's yeah, no, it's no and the lemon but juice we no, have we is need that fresh lemon juice. That stuff. I don't even think it's real out. lemon juice. I think it's it's just citric acid and water. It's citric know, acid, yeah. yeah. But he doesn't believe in throwing anything away. I'm like that too. I don't. It's not that I don't believe in throwing things away. I don't believe throwing things away when the date printed on the container tells you to throw it away. When the date on the container is to take it off the shelves at the when store. The celery that, no, no, seeds are ex. Have an expiration date no. of 2019, an expiration date. and it's now it was an expiration date, mm-hmm. and it's now 2024. And I have fresh new celery seeds in a bag. And I didn't give you then time. you gave me a hard time no, because I, I dump. Yes, you did because I dumped out the container of celery seeds that are for right. 2019. I gave you a hard time for the justification you were trying to make. The justification was I already bought fresh new no, celery that's seeds. That's not the justification. You said I already bought fresh new celery seeds. And why let them just sit listen. and deteriorate? Listen, you didn't say when I'm going to throw out the old ones. Back be- and uh, you didn't say I'm going to throw these out because I have new ones. You said I'm going to throw yeah, these I out did. because they're from 2019. And I have new ones. So why would That's I not, keep you, these old you ass didn't, ones? You did not that, say that in the same sentence. I did too, but you, you interrupted me. Mm. <laughs> so there's a difference to me. I'm throwing so them out because he, we have you? new ones? Hmm? If, if he interrupted you, then you couldn't have done it. He interrupted me, but I didn't give a shit. So I went ahead and threw them out anyway. No, see, I'm totally fine. I'm getting rid of these because I've already bought newer ones. That was what I said. You should have said that instead of I'm throwing these out because they're from 2019. Forgive me. I didn't know we were going to have a debate about it at the time. Well, you should should have realized that now by this point. I I know. I should. (laughs) It's been long enough. I need to start blocking out dates on things as they enter this house. It is true that that a lot of things, particularly things like dry goods, last a lot longer than the number. The sell-by date, yeah, for sure. But if the sell-by date or expiration date, whichever, however it's labeled, I don't really care. If it's four years ago and I actually bought new ones because I... Dug through the entire cabinet and could not find what I mm-hmm. was sure we had. So I bought new. I bought new ones. Then why would I keep the ones that are old? And and I opened the I jar and I 100%. smelled them, and they That's did not said, have that fresh. It's true. Full bodied. Yeah, no, yeah. I agree one hundred percent. So if you would have said like, I'm throwing these up because I have new ones. It would have been a different conversation that I'm throwing these out because they say 2019 on the container. Not the conversation I was in. Oh, I mean, memory is a, a, always a very 
hazy thing. You can't uh, you can't rely on it. So yeah, because I can't argue against how new celery seed is going to taste better than five year old celery seed. No. All right, so let's go on to <laughs> the the karaoke bit I wanted to do because yeah. So the interesting, so I think that the you know the first couple of times we did karaoke, we did it in in the same kind of with the same kind of force that you would if you were to go out to do karaoke at like the at the at a karaoke place like the Korean place downtown, and I think that's because for some you know part of it is you want to get you know there's a mood to karaoke and and you want that to last but also when you're at one of those karaoke places you're you've spent the time for you know you're paying by the hour so you better get your enjoyment done whereas when we do it here it's not so much about that well you have the setup and and you get you get the the bug out of you and then you can go on to just sitting down and hanging out and that's what we did and that was a lot of fun. We kind of did like maybe an hour of karaoke. Is that all? I don't really remember. An hour, an hour was... and a half, something like that. And then once or twice we, we got up and did a song. But for the most part, then we just sat down with, with Tori and talked. We, we had an uh, interesting time with, with Tori's uh, um, special needs dog. Oh, that's right. I was feeding him. Yeah. Special needs. That's a nice way of putting it. <laughs> I have a special needs gecko. I understand. Hell. Made you a sushi Your roll. gecko doesn't want you dead, though. <laughs> the, the dog didn't want me dead because because I dealt with it. And the only time I I I scared the dog was I don't know the dog's name. What's the dog's name? Cade. Cade. Arcadius. Ah, the only time I AKA scared Cade. Asshole. The only time I scared Cade. Thank you, Jeff. Wonderful. Um, the only time you broke it. Yeah, that that was it was all my fault. <laughs> the only time I. I scared him was when I went to pet him and, and On he, the top yeah, of he, head. he doesn't like that. And that was, I was like, yeah, okay. All, all my fault. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to blame the dog for reacting, for reacting in, in a way that obviously he had like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, stuff in the past that was done to him. So, well, it's not even that he just is a dog that just doesn't, you can't, he's one of those, you cannot mm-hmm. approach him. Yeah. Some dogs you just can't approach and try to pet on the top of their head. He's one of them. Yeah. Very, sure. very, doggy, very easily stressed, obviously very, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, if you, if you're calm and you do like give him a little, he's very food motivated clearly. So you give him a little, little bit of food. I was doing the, the trick where you, you take a little piece of, of something and you just, you ask him to, to sit. And then if he does it for like a couple seconds, like there you go, and so mm-hmm. you reward. No, he's super obedient. He'd sit for forever. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that, that dog. Ugh. He's he's definitely a challenge to live with. Yeah, <laughs> it's so much nicer when he's not here. Yeah, yeah. And then Cooper dealt with it, being in his in his cage and being like. Um, uh, I want to. I want to talk with humans. What's going on? Yeah. yeah. Why I'm the nice one. He's the asshole. Why am I? But mm-hmm. being put in time out, yeah. and he's playing. Yeah. And we do that because for the audience, uh, they don't get along. Yeah. Um, Cooper yeah. does not. Well, Cooper doesn't. I mean, we do know that Cooper 
is very reactive with other dogs. And Cade is just very reactive in general. So putting the two of them together is just not a really good idea. They have played in the front yard, mm-hmm. Cade on one side of the fence, on Cooper on the other side. And we've like tossed, Tori and I have tossed the ball back and forth, you know, between the fence with them. And they've kind of interacted in that way, but that four foot fence that they could easily, both of them could jump over. Um, you know, was, yeah, doesn't Cooper doesn't know. But Kate has the look of a dog that's like been cornered and on also somehow has googly eyes on. Oh, he's, he is very cross eyed. Mm-hmm. He's inbred. Mm-hmm. He's very inbred. And he's got a lot of issues. Yeah. Yeah. He actually he's not even cross-eyed. It's like one eye is looking down into his nose and the other one is looking out into outer space. Yeah, it's a goofy look. So he's looking at you, but neither one of his eyes are actually yeah, looking at you. But he's trying. He'd he'd like to. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's ever really seen any of us. <laughs> well, I mean like, <laughs> you know, dogs I don't think the, the uh, Vision is not the, their primary no, sense. No, anyway. definitely so, not his. <laughs> so, you know, they, they've learned to, they've adapted to it because vision's our primary sense and dogs are very much adapted to us. But for the most part, especially when dogs are doing investigation, that kind of thing, it's all the nose. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he's a jerk. He and I have a bad... History, but I still love that stupid asshole. I don't. I I know. I mean, for good reason. I I wouldn't either. I I I can't wait till he's gone either. I mean, I'll be I'll be sad for Tori because I know she'll be sad, but I think she'll also be relieved because she really is. Is he going somewhere? uh, Hopefully, he's going to die. Farm upstate. I mean, I would never he's do it. Older. But I would. I imagine the joy I would get of just smacking him in the face with a bat. <laughs> I mean, he bit that's how me. Much I, that's how much I don't like that dog. He did. Wow. He well. I mean, he, nobody can judge Jeff for that because he was oh, witness. People can, people can and will judge Jeff. Well, for that. well, hopefully they don't, because everybody needs to know that he bit me really badly in 2020. So, I had to go to the emergency room, and it was was not a good bite. So, Anyone who feels like it's weird for me to own a snake because they bite, think about that. Yeah, (laughs) no. And I wanted him gone. I did. (laughs) Most, I would say, 99% of pet snakes aren't going to hurt you at all. No. Mm-mm. They aren't capable of it. And a dog can hurt you. And it does hurt. Yeah. Bad. That was pain that mm-hmm. I've yeah. never felt. My like, little python can't, like, couldn't hurt you if it wanted to. It's just a noodle with a head. He's and, so sweet. I love Quasi. And he's just. Uh, and he's calmed down now a lot. And he, yeah, but he's it, it, he, he, as Clint from Clint's Reptile said, if you're a noodle with a head, the world's a scary place. Look, 
Yeah. You, you, you got a little head. The rest of you is just one long muscle. And you're, you're surrounded by giants who are picking you up and mm-hmm. taking you places. It's so crazy to me, though, because he never bit me and I or, or struck at me, whatever you want to call it. But I mean, he bit he me was most never... of the time because he thought I was food. Yeah. Um, I've gotten a lot better at making sure my hands are washed before I, I touch them. Mm-hmm. Not, and I tried before I tried like putting Listerine on them. That didn't work so well. But just washing them with soap, much better for him. I, I also don't feed him things that look like my fingers so much anymore. Um, no little baby mice. I, the ones I feed him are are uh, are, are are furry. They're, they have a little bit of fur on them. Um, they, they're they're defrosted, so they're not like they're not live or anything. Um, but also, I've I've been training him. I've been target training him, so he knows uh, that he sees a blue card and he follows that card before he gets fed. So, yeah. so. He's only getting fed after that. So that means that he's just not going to get in the mood of, in the sense of, oh, this is something to eat until then. So don't wear a blue shirt. I wouldn't wear, I wouldn't wear a blue shirt. Yeah. (laughs) Not that color. Um, Yeah. I I would like, I would probably say it's probably not the best if you hold him. In in that case, you you look at him fine. Well, it's a Pavlov thing, right? I mean, you're conditioning yeah. them mm-hmm. that it's blue card precedes eating. Yes. So, yep. And he's uh, he's never been a picky eater. Like there are some snakes, like ball pythons, that can be they can just go off food for for months. Um, he is very good about eating. He'll always eat. So. That's a nice thing about spotted pythons. Also, like I said, he's a small snake. He's, he's in big. About four feet, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's four feet long. He's about as thick as a quarter. Is Has he gotten that thick? Yeah. Wow. He's got, he's got more Good nutrition than, I've, uh, than, yeah. than I think he got before. He'll give him like little bigger things to eat. But um, mm-hmm. he also, that, that's, a, that's as thick as he gets. His head is definitely no bigger than like my thumb. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's not gonna hurt hurt you. You'll you'll get a little bit of blood because they have so snakes have saliva that means it's you know it's a little bit of an anticoagulant. But he's not venomous. He's a python. Pythons and boas don't have venom. Got sharp teeth, but they're really tiny, and it, they don't hurt. Wow. Yeah. So like it's. Yeah, snakes are are they're kind of cool to feel. Also, like there's something about feeling a snake like running around that's oh yeah very very uh calming. It's um yeah I don't know exactly what it is, but you know they've. they've I think it's just the way they slither. So, I mean, Kwasi used to wrap around my mm-hmm. arm, but he would just move in such a slow motion yeah he's he's not a he's not a darty snake at Mm -mm. all Uh, and he also because he is um sort of semi-arboreal which means he he tends to climb on things he's a good climber Mm -hmm. so it's not like you have to hold him up he'll he'll grab onto you uh 
and explore. And yeah, he'll just, all he's going to do is explore. He's, yeah. he's just, he's not looking to eat. He's just like, all right, what, he used what's to happening? Go all the way up mm-hmm. my shoulder. And, you know, like if I had a hoodie on, yeah. he'd check out my hoodie. And the only time I worry at all about him possibly biting me is when he's near my fingers. Oh. Because he think because I'm afraid he's going to think that they're food. Yeah, and um, yeah, if he's if he's around my face or whatever, I'm not worried at all. Um, I'm not something he could eat anyway. <laughs> uh, and he knows that too. But he also knows now that I'm not going to hurt him. He's safe around me. This is just it, it's a weird situation we pulled out of your home and. But okay, it's just time to explore. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, but I did have, but I understand a little bit about why he was a little bit bitey. Mm-hmm. He moved. It's an entirely different situation. He moved into. Yeah. New smells. New. Completely things. new yeah. environment. Yeah. <laughs> so he's gonna do a little bit different now. Penrose was. Penrose is almost kind of like, as I said, especially his get go. Not so much aware of stuff that's going on. Not much going on. They don't have much going on. Um, She's always been the sweetest thing that I am. The 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 animal that I am absolutely positive would not bite anybody. Um. So yeah, if anybody asks, like, would would because because that's the first thing people seem to ask about reptiles is is it going to bite me? Yeah. Um. The answer with Henry is always absolutely. (laughs) It wouldn't know how. Well, well the thing is, I mean, like... Poor thing. Bless bless Penra's heart. The vets <laughs> that have seen her both were like, wow, she really doesn't want to... She's, she's not... She doesn't want to bite at all. Because most of the time, apparently, vets get bitten by geckos the most. Because, you know, they're, they're handling them. And, and they usually try to look into their mouth, too. Uh, <laughs> just to make sure they don't have mouth rot or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, and she... He had to really, like... Get her to prot the toe in her mouth. She does not want to bite people at all. The only time I've ever been bitten by her is when I'm feeding her by hand, and she misses because she's not good at it. Isn't she kind of blind? She's not blind. Clearly not because she is. I can, I can coax her out by like doing strokes and stuff and and doing things like this. Oh, okay. So she definitely sees. Okay. Uh, but she's just she has terrible aim. <laughs> Um, she'll just, I have wonderful pictures of her just taking forever to, to get something that's right in front of her. <laughs> um, yeah, she, she's, she's, she's kind of, she's kind of a joy because she's like a little, a little three inch puppy and, and she's always going to be a little, she's a puppy. She's, she's just, she's, that's her attitude towards things. She'll, she'll jump and fall on things and <laughs> she'll, uh, <laughs> if if you get and, and like I said, that's the only time I've been bitten. And when it happens, it's like she doesn't break the skin. She just sort of hangs on a little bit and then sort of eventually realizes, oh, this is not something to eat, and then look off. And yeah, it doesn't hurt. It's, it 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 feels like a su- like someone is slightly pushing, someone is slightly <laughs> pushing down you with a pair of pliers, not like um, hard, but like yeah, you know. And so I I've seen. Things of, of people getting like, if she got me in the wrong place, she could probably break the skin a little bit, like right in the webbing yeah. here or something like that. 
Um, but between your fingers, yeah. But like on the fingertips, no. Um, and that's where she's definitely gonna, if if she's gonna bite me, that's only because I'm doing it. And mostly, I have tongue feed her, so I don't usually get in that situation. Oh, that's what it is. You have to, you have to feed her. Yes, she doesn't she hunt. Doesn't know how to. Yeah, yeah, she doesn't hunt. She's, that's that's what I. I knew there was something special yeah. about her, mm-hmm. and I couldn't remember what it was. I was thinking she couldn't see. But she is adorable mm-hmm. uh, and um, very much like, I mean, I I show her off to everybody because she's also photogenic as hell. She is. That's a really cute picture. Yeah. That's a great picture, actually. <laughs> she's even smiling. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, she well, was, thing she's always smiling. The thing about their skull structure is they they do look like they're smiling. So it's it, it's it's definitely uh definitely cute. Um, I, I have some pictures of her where it looks like she's sticking her tongue out at me, but she's even fun, even even cuter. You're gonna have to post some um, on Discord. Maybe because, I will. You know, maybe, after the show's posted and people maybe listen, I will. if they get this oh, we far. Had a, I think it was <laughs> one of the people on the Discord, Marinus, I believe it was, asked if you had a brand or kind of kitchen tong that you like. Yes. And I posted the ones you gave me. Mm-hmm. Uh, if your answer differs, you should. No, that, that, that that's the right answer. Okay. Um, this is, by the way, the paper planes. Mm. Paper so that, planes. That's what it looks like, yeah. Really is a good song. Is that the Amaro or? No, this is, um, I was showing it off because, um, for for Christmas, uh, Damien got me some smoked bourbon from um, from Wiggle, and so I was like, "It really tastes good in the paper planes." <laughs> um, let's see, there's a there's a picture of of her on my shoulder. Oh, yeah, yeah no, she's she's great. The latest picture I have of her is a little wonderful video here. You can watch this video, and you can see what happens. So that's her doing some exploring. Is she gonna poop? Nope. No, I I, I do have a video of that, but I'm not. I wouldn't show that to you unless you want to see it. But um, oh, this, <laughs> oh, poor Penrose. Oh, oh then she's fine. she flipped over. Yeah. she's okay now. Yeah. So she <laughs> climbed up like a two-inch log. And fell off like a couple seconds later and was like trying to flip herself around. Here you go. We'll show it to Jeff too. It's um That's the epitome of uh um well she's just she's missing a she's derpy. lot of she's derpy. Derpy. That's a good one. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Jeff Jeff just saw it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I had a cat that. I mean, it's known to have some kind of balance disorder, right? Yeah, it's it's definitely got a neurological problem. It has something called uh, Enigma syndrome. So, yeah, she has some issues with her balance. Yeah, she does spins in circles and she does something called stargazing where she sort of stays up and sort of looks up at the sky. The less stress she's under, the less she does that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But she still, yeah, doesn't have great balance even when she's not stressed. So, you'll see her do stuff like that. So, I don't have lots of things that are very high in her enclosure <laughs> and, and she falls for and, good reason. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I had a cat. They are sturdy, by the way, I should say yeah. leopard are very sturdy animals. They're, they're pretty hardy. Um, well, so, and they normally always land on their feet, just like a cat. Mm-hmm. 
I had a cat that was kind of like poor Penrose. Mm-hmm. Missing some parts. Yeah. And um, this was before I moved here. And I have a picture somewhere. I can't remember the first part of the name that I called her, but the it was something duh, like dur. And uh, I have a picture of that cat. It went to jump and it landed like between two chairs with one paw on one chair and the other paw on the other chair. And it's just looking with this yeah. beady eyes like, oh, my God, what am I going to do now? Be- and it ended up, I mean, it actually, cats generally always land on their feet. This cat did not land on its feet. It had that same neurological problem probably i don't know but uh it didn't it was just as dumb as a box of rocks mm-hmm. and i mean sweet as could be but yeah not the brightest yeah well so penrose's thing is genetic yeah she there's a particular line that has this in enigma syndrome uh and most leopard gecko breeders don't breed enigmas anymore because of it mm. um so she's probably one of the last of her kind uh, of, of her, you know, breed, I guess. Um, and uh, she's not going to breed it with anybody. She's just going to have a good life as a pet. Yeah. yeah. One thing that she did do, which annoyed me, but hey, I deal with it. Because I love her. She wouldn't. So I, I've. I have this thing where I don't like crickets. Do not like crickets. No, they get loose. One gets loose out of those 50 that they give you in the little container. (sighs) But there are two good staples to feed um, leopard geckos. They're crickets and they're doobie roaches. Mm -hmm. Doobie roaches are great. Don't make noise. Do you you breed them? Yes. They don't make noise. They, They don't smell. They breed real easy. So I have a breeding colony. She hates doobie roaches now. Oh. Now she what are you going to do with those? mealworms, but mealworms are too fatty. Yeah, they're not very so good for them. So I had to get them. crickets for her. I'm only getting like 12 at a time. And I'm immediately feeding the males to her. And any males that I don't get, that, that she doesn't eat, I put in the freezer. How can you tell the difference between a male and a female cricket? The females have an ovipositor in the back, and the males do not. Can you study them that much? If he doesn't want the males going chirp, chirp, chirp. Yeah. Then that's what you got to do. (laughs) So you you remove the males, and you freeze them, and so they go bye-bye. Harsh. Uh, Yeah, I mean, hey, I, I tried for a little bit. And I couldn't deal with one of them. It sounded like just one of them was making noise. And I was like, all right, that's it. That's it. Uh, so, yeah. Um, in the freezer you go. Yeah. Actually, I put it outside in, in a little thing because it, it was, you know, 20 degrees outside. So that was my freezer. It would have gone to the freezer had it uh, had it not been that cold. But, yes, I didn't like I didn't like starve it. A cricket? Yeah. I didn't, oh. like, I didn't like oh. torture it. I just yeah. was like, you know. Freeze it slowly. 
That's different. Well, no, freezing kills it pretty kills it pretty good. <laughs> One thing that I did find that that, that that was suggestion that was really good and helpful to me was put your cricket container in the fridge for like fifteen minutes. They don't jump around nearly as much when they get cold, so it's a lot easier to pick out the ones you're going to feed, and then not have to deal with them like jumping like crazy. And mm-hmm. all you do is just put carrots in there every couple of days, and they're fine. But yeah, it sucks that, that I have this breeding colony of doobie roaches and Penrose won't eat them anymore. Uh-huh. What are you going to do with them? Uh, I'm going to keep them around for when she hopefully changes her mind. Starver. What I did do is I, I turned off the heating pad there because they the doobie roaches need to be about 90 degrees to breed. Otherwise, they don't really breed. They just walk around. Dormant. So, yeah. So that's what I did. Turned off sexy time. Turned off sexy time for the doobie roaches. I mean, I'm only... Yeah, I like. We have a heating pad on our bed. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing works. Instead of getting a mattress cover, she got a mattress the cover. Heated mattress. Oh, and I was like, it's helpful. It's it's actually it's I think it's better than an electric blanket. Yeah, it definitely. And you really only need it on for like at most 10, 15 minutes, mm-hmm. and it's like turn that thing off. But it's pretty nice. It's well, nice well, that to climb into a warm bed. That is, there was this ad that that I saw. That had some, it was some like differential blanket, like so you could have one side hot, one side cold. Yeah, we ours is <coughs> like dual heating system. The the cold side was fine, but but the hot side it said forty degrees Celsius. And the picture of the woman was she's like smiling, um, and I was like, that's like a hundred and ten degrees. <laughs> It's like she's not smiling. Her eyes are rolling back into her head because she's getting a she's going into shock from the heat. She's getting heat stroke. Oh, the pictures on Amazon are ridiculous. I bought these. What is that? They're they're extensions for like drill bits and stuff. Okay. Yeah. For the sanding and bowls were the angle that's oh okay. Anyway, you know, the first couple pictures are normal. They're kind of stuck together over here. First couple pictures is normal. And then like the sixth picture on Amazon. Do you know what a bandsaw looks like? It's I a, think so. It's a saw that has a flat table and then the, the saw blade is this big long strip that rows around two rollers and comes dead straight down. They photoshopped out the bandsaw blade and stuck this where the bandsaw blade was. This is an extension for the fits in your drill for a drill bit. That's why? Why would they? Just bad Photoshop AI bullshit. But yeah, so that that was awesome. Um, <laughs> uh, that I want to mention. I want to mention. Um, I'm gonna go get a beverage. Okay. We just watched uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood last night. Oh, oh great. I love that movie. First time seeing it. It was really movie. great. It was really good. And yeah. uh, the twist. The twist at the end was wild because it's based on historical things mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, I get the actually historical things I don't know that much about, but enough that you knew that like, wait, this is not what happens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that was wild. And then it was like it was funny because like it's a bunch of vignettes of like mm-hmm. just scenes, right? Where they loosely are tied together. And then that climax scene. Is like fucking Kill Bill. Yeah, like it's like oh, there's the gratuitous violence. Okay, I got it. And and it works because it's it's so it's self contained, uh, and it's about 
terrible people. Uh, and it's like them getting, it's a lot like Inglorious Bastards where it's sort of a, a, a fantasy version of history. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you're getting Charlie Manson's people getting fucked up instead of, instead of killing, uh, Sharon Tate, Sharon Tate. Thank you. Um, was Sharon Tate. So things I didn't know mm-hmm. that Sharon Tate was with Polanski. Yeah. I didn't know that. Mm hmm. So, like, when they first talked about Roman Polanski, I th- was curious if it was going to go into the whole pedophile thing, right? <laughs> like, uh, do you know this Roman Polanski? I didn't know He's that. He's hiding out in, is it France? Yeah. Right now? Because there's a warrant for his arrest in the United States for oh. pedophilia, and he's hiding, and he has, and France won't extradite him or something like that? Mm, I didn't know so, that. It's been for, since, what, the 90s or late 80s or something the, like that, Yeah. He, he had sex with, um, I think, a 14 or 15-year-old girl, something like that. But they both said it was consensual. So in France, that's okay. But, you know, it, there's a lot of, yeah. And it was also a thing where people were still, like, uh, Hollywood actors were still doing Polanski stuff until pretty recently. Yeah. Because when when Me Too thing happened, everyone was like, "Okay, we have to change the way we're looking at people." And yeah, that's when Woody Allen also got his finally got his comeuppance. Yeah. But I will say that like that that scene uh, before then at the ranch was so tense with Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. It was such a wonderful. Yeah, it was good. Super <laughs> tense, and yet like there was an exhalation, <laughs> like. It was so crazy and creepy and tense. And one thing that Tarantino does so wonderfully is is build those moments yeah. where you really feel the tension and you feel the space that they're in. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed, like, just the vignettes. The, mm-hmm. the like, almost... I mean, there was a storyline through it, but there was the, the first half of the movie was very weakly linked. Yes. It was just a day in the life of whoever trying to think. But... um just kind of the the mood that it portrayed and everything was really yeah it's very much a mood movie that then comes to a crescendo um and that's and, and sort of what i love about it is i'm a big you know this i'm a big story structure kind of guy but tarantino is a guy who can violate story structure and make it work mm-hmm. because he knows when you can break the rules and when you can't uh, and I was wondering how you were liking the movie, like the first part. When I it was just a bunch of like. wasn't sure about the movie at the beginning. And then probably 30 minutes in, I was into the movie. And, and then I really enjoyed. Yeah. The conversation it, but with Leo and that little girl. Yeah. On the Western side. Yeah. was so yeah, that, good. That was good. It, it's kind of enchanting how what, what Tarantino does. He really manages to to capture things that you wouldn't otherwise. The, the other, I mean, he's just, he's a really good director yeah. and a pretty damn good writer. Uh, and yeah. Yeah. So my favorite scene was probably Leo and the little girl. And then. In the car. No, no. When oh, the little girl. The yes, no. Yeah. That was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then the mm-hmm. the scene with Leo after Timothy Oliphant, you know, where he's back in his makeup trailer and he was mad at himself right, for yeah. missing the line. Oh, that, that one was, was really great. good too. 
where he's talking to himself in the mirror mm-hmm. yeah. about alcohol and yeah. What do you think of this? Or the, banana. Lots of banana, right? It's not banana. Uh, coconut. Pineapple. It's basically a painkiller. Maggie's Farm collab. Oh, okay. It's basically the painkiller, but beer form. Coconut, pineapple, orange, milk, sugar, and nutmeg. No banana. Banana and vanilla are very close, and I feel like there's yeah, vanilla definitely. something or something in here. So Yeah, so um, I realized... I realized last week's two weeks ago that who you know like you have all these streaming services and most of them just have those shitty movies. I realized Hulu has decent movies, right? So that's where I'm like mm. I queued up uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Barbie, what else? I think Oppenheimer's queued up on there. Mm-hmm. Um, We've watched a few and watched a few mistakes too. Yeah, there was um, what did we watch a couple nights ago that was. Was that the Amish murder one? Oh, yes. It was listed on like a recommended thing. And it was a fucking Hallmark movie. No, Lifetime. 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 Difference. Lifetime. But I mean, close, A Hallmark still movie difference. about an Amish murder would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was a Lifetime. But, it was, but they still found love over the murder. Like, it was weird. Like, I joked with her. Like, when I saw it was a Lifetime movie, like, wouldn't it be fucked up if like the I'm woman. I'm trying to imagine the, the, the Hallmark card, like the. the... If if they like Even though... started meat cuting over a murder, and they did, they met cute over a murder. The thing that bugged me there, talking about the things I have gripes about. She's in the bottom of this like ancient like stone grist mill, where, and she's trying to dig up this dead body. The dirt she's digging in is like <laughs> fresh playground sand. It's wet yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah. She's digging in fresh playground sand. I'm like, fuck you, like. <laughs> Make this film I mean, if better. You think about it, Fight Club is a meat cute over a like a horrible like <laughs> cult. <laughs> yeah. So like uh, that can work in a dark comedy sense. A meat cute over something horrible. The um. So there's one we watched. I, I I don't know why I can't remember the end of it. It was this movie that. Oh, you the one that John Ham said. Did we see and, the end of it? And John Ham and uh, Tina Fey, and it was about this murder thing. Oh, we did see the end. It was about this murder thing where Tina Fey is the nebby no, nebby neighbor, mm-hmm. where the lady gets murdered, and the guy, the husband, had a hit out on her, and then they figured out that there's another woman with the same name in the same town. So he gets a hit on her to throw him off the chase. And Jan H- and John Hamm's the, the cop. What was the name of that movie? <laughs> I think that was the name of the movie. I don't know. I saw Tina Fey, John Hamm. I was hoping it would be good, right? <laughs> now, um, we're going to... Is that new Fletch with John Hamm any good? No. No? Okay. We're going to start watching The Diplomat. That's with um, Carrie Russell, and I really liked her in The Americans. Mm-hmm. I've I've always really, really liked Carrie Wes- Russell. Felicity fan? Hmm? Felicity? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Um, but it's nominated for a lot of Grammys, or not, not <laughs> Grammys. <laughs> Lots of singing in no, that one. The, the, the movie with John Hamm and, and Tina Fey was Maggie Moore's because there's two Maggie Moore's. I yes, see. there you go. Uh, Anyways, we're starting probably to watch a TV, the made for TV movie. One of those. Did you guys ever watch Palm Springs? I think I told you to watch that. No, I 
That's on Hulu. There you go. Watch that one. You'll enjoy that one. We have to wait till I get back from Seattle. Do we want to talk about my Seattle? Yeah, let's do it. We just I can't publish this until after until Tuesday. Two and a half people will listen to this. Okay. Well. And it won't be before Tuesday. <laughs> what kind of credit are you giving me mm-hmm. that I'm going to have this posted before Tuesday? Well, last, I don't know. Sometimes you're Johnny before, on the you know, spot. Actually, so the last one I needed order. I needed her, her rankings, and then like anyone know. have an idea for the title? Like I got a title this time, so I'm not going to. Okay. Well, I mean, sometimes you're Johnny on the spot and publishing yeah, okay. it. Or, you know, anyway. who has the recording? Why would we have an idea on the title three weeks after? Uh. <laughs> I, I, he I, asked me yeah. three weeks later, mm-hmm. what, what should I put the, uh, I don't even know what we talked about. <laughs> I don't even, I yeah, don't know. I, don't know. I got a title this time. Yeah. So I mean, easy. we've been through Christmas, Thanksgiving. Anyway, I don't know. She's having a banner couple weeks at work. Okay. Banner? Banner. Banner. Banner couple uh, weeks. It's banner couple it's a weeks. Red hell week. of a, hell of a week. Hell of a week. Well, yeah, it's been a hell of a ride. Oh, now Jeff is Don't wait for, for me. Air, air wait well, me. I didn't know what you were going to do. I'm Batman. All right. Mine's, I can I can do the rapid fire air horn. So, so it, it only took you 10 seconds to. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. So we. Ooh, a week and a half ago. No, we got to. We gotta start out. Thank you. Thank you very much. FBI, open up! Oh, no. 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 All right. So, anyway, Shannon deserves some attention here because she's fucking awesome. Anyway, so you know <laughs> not that for she, that reason <laughs> i don't know how much we've said on the air but her old boss was kind of a pain in the ass and stifling stifling mm-hmm. bit gaslighting bit asshole a whole yeah. bunch of asshole a whole bunch anyway, about six months ago he retired and she and got reorged and she's been doing awesome since then my life has been so great <laughs> And uh, yeah, I I had a review in November. Is that when we had the? Yeah, that was awesome. But anyway, and talk it was about fantastic. And yeah, so a week and a half ago, I had a meeting land on wow. my calendar, and it just it was from the chief of staff, and it was just a very obscure meeting title with nothing in the body, and uh, she just. I got on the call, obviously. I'm not going to ignore it. And um, she <laughs> managed to uh, uh, let me know that um, they're hiring or have hired um, this new CVP for the company. And Corporate vice president. Gotcha. Yes. And uh, they decided they wanted me to support him, manage the day-to-day operations for him and everything else well she <laughs> and so yeah they initial, didn't her even initial thought was this guy was going to be on the same level as mm-hmm. her current manager yeah and then like as she learns this guy will be re- after he gets up to speed he's going to be you know likely reorged out and then she learned just the other day that he's yes, gonna, he day. has monthly one-on-ones with 
Satya Nadella, the CEO. She's in my pants. <laughs> so whoever this guy is. He's big time. Yeah. He's big time. And yeah, he's. Oh, we, I know who he is. I'm Batman. <laughs> but yeah, so like they handpicked Shannon. I didn't. To be the person that takes on this new person because she's. Other good. people finally realize what her old boss never realized. Yeah. That she's awesome. Thank you. I mean, uh, I, I realized it a bit. It was time. it was pretty cool. I was flattered. They asked me if I would be interested in the position and said that I could take some time to think about it. And I was like, <laughs> why? <laughs> <laughs> but you're gonna be able to do that from here yeah but um yeah the chief of staff is out of town next week and in that meeting she did let me know that she unfortunately was going to be out of town on the first week of his you know when he starts on tuesday and um i jokingly because we still aren't really traveling i, I mean there's a little bit of travel now, but it's just basically customer, like, emergency type stuff, you know. And it has to get approved by a CVP. And um, so I just jokingly, I'm like, well, you know, if you want me to be there when he starts, then I can be there. And she just stopped and she's like, that's a really good idea. I think we need to do that. Well. Wow. Yeah. As it turns out, so I'm heading out on Monday, and I'm going to be there for the week, but sounds like I'll probably be there quite a bit. Do it. Yeah. So it's pretty exciting. I just, I'm scared. Um, Don't be but- scared. <laughs> you, they want you there because of what you do. So it's nothing to be scared about. It's something to be impressed with no yourself. change, about. right? Like, what if this new guy turns out to be this asshole another right uh, i mean he's probably not an asshole but what what if i mean the the old boss who was an asshole Mm -hmm. was definitely an asshole but what are the chances should i have both encountered other people in the cvp realm that are pretty prickly like you know so yeah i mean that can happen we should say that your company just made news I mean, it's always making news. But always making news. Yeah. I mean, it's, oh, you mean the news that we're the most valuable company? Most valuable yes. company. Yes. yes. And yeah, I'm going to be reporting to somebody that is going to be reporting to the kind of reporting to the CEO. Well, meeting with the CEO monthly mm-hmm. and likely going to be reporting to the CEO within six months. I mean, yeah, I mean. Maybe not reporting to the CEO. So right now, her Close. new boss will be one, two, three, four levels down from the CEO. But meeting with him but, monthly. But our expectation is it'll be reorged to be three levels down from the CEO. But if you have a monthly one-on-one with the CEO, it's possible he'll be one sure. or two levels down from the CEO. Yeah, it's so. not that many people that are meeting with the CEO. Monthly. I don't have a that kind of relationship with the CEO of a company. I do, I do know him. He does know me when we had our engineering retreat and I was out there. He, he, he gave a big, he gave a little, you know, spiel to, uh, engineering and he called out one person. That's so cool. 
<laughs> so, yeah. uh, so yeah. cool. So I'm in a good spot where I'm at. Um, I, at the same time, I want to keep going and mature in my relationships. I've been talking to, you know, my, my now new boss about, um, situation and yeah, he, he sees me being, uh, going high. So nice. How so? In your case, right? I mean, <laughs> it'll be ten years, by the way, in June. Though that's crazy. So, I guess you know. Usually, when you move up, mm-hmm. you get less and less technical. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you go people manager. Sometimes you go product management. I mean, It'd be more on probably it, it would be. So I would probably still stay on the engineering side. So it'd be still more technical, but it would be more of a staff engineer position. So like one of the top engineers in, in, mm-hmm. in the company as opposed to someone who right now I'm, I'm a tech lead for. Yeah. Is there any, in a company like yours, I'm not sure if there's, a, if there is a, a research department, is there yeah, like, I'm in, that, I'm in R and D. Oh, okay. Like, okay. So when I hear R and D, I hear, well, maybe not, but I like, hear research. I, and development. I, I was, so, yeah. So, well, I hear when I, well, Sure. Well, part of me here is just software development, right? Where like, well, like Microsoft research is yeah, like yeah, okay. people so, like doing science, you know? So, yeah, no, I mean, it's a different thing, right? So like I'm in, you know, it's, it's, definitely, it's different scales. It's a very different scale than your company. But so I started in um, what was then called support was now called operations um, for the piece of software mm-hmm. called uh, our, our CRM which is our most popular, our, our biggest piece of software. Right now, I'm the tech lead in engineering for that software. So gone from being somebody who supported the software to now the person who, essentially the the person in charge of the software side of that thing. However, it is an older system that that there is in development. It's still called Fusion, right? Yes, there's an older system that's still it in development. my mind that there's still gold vision. In development is, is the new thing that will eventually replace our system. But when you have 600 plus clients, that's not going to happen anytime soon or quickly. And those 600 clients need to have, and, and the thing that, that, that to replace it with is not done. So we still need to support and maintain and also build stuff in that old system that can do modern things so that's where the research and development comes in okay so are you considered opex or cogs like operations or costs against good soul like so are you in a i'm not operations i'm engineering are no they probably don't break down the same way i can't even i can't even define cogs really i mean basic well it's like if you're working on a product, if you're in, if your product you're collecting revenue, product, then you're yes. cogs, right? So, or, well, not even, yeah, I guess you would say collecting reg- revenue. You would be cogs, cost yes, against our, goods sold. But if it's not, if it's still in that research 
part where you're just strictly working on something that hasn't been released no, that no, no. isn't this is, this is like, making any money yet out there then your OPEX, operating expenses no this is this is, would be cogs then and under that definition okay yeah so okay. Th- this is something that's absolutely generating revenue it generates probably a third of the company's revenue that's a lot more um secure yeah that's really good yeah um and most of the time <laughs> <laughs> And so, yeah, part part of my job is to build new things that will work on this old platform. Okay. Uh, and and part of my job is to make sure that the thing stays stable and doesn't fall apart. Uh, and part of my job is to, you know, sort of figure out what we can do, and on those things. And yeah, there, that's yeah, that that's my job basically. A lot of my job is also communication, making okay. sure that. The right people, you know, the people are informed that that things happen when you know when they should happen and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So, um, I'm I'm one of the few engineers who like wants to meet with customers and wants to go to to our summit and stuff like that. Yeah, that's an unusual yeah. thing. Most engineers don't. I mean, you're outgoing too, Jeff. It does mean that, but that like most engineers are not. Our summit. I'm going to miss the eclipse. Our summit happens during the eclipse. Where are you going to be? Arizona, Milwaukee, actually. Oh, Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Yeah, that's not that's not totality either. Ah, it's a shame. It's fine. I'll probably be insane. It's not a crazy and a thing that will never happen again on the earth. <laughs> when is the next eclipse? I don't, on, on, I don't think the, it's in on, our in lifetime. America? Is not it? in our lifetime. Yeah, I didn't earth? think so. Oh, know. there isn't any more. Not a not, not in our lifetime, here in, in, our in America. Lifetime. No, I, I think it's it, it's something like thirty years later or more. Yeah, yeah, but you know, I've been outside when it gets dark before. It's not that crazy. It's crazy. It's pretty crazy, Greg. I know, but it it it's it's cool because yeah, I mean, another body is casting a shadow, right? And 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 you're in. The shadow of another body. It's the most religious thing I've ever experienced. All right. I'm going to miss it. Because uh, hopefully I, I won't have to be in Seattle. <laughs> I got work to do. But no, it, it, I mean, it, it, it's a really neat thing that. The moon is getting in between you and the sun. And so this deep, dark shadow is being cast on the earth and you're in a spot where that shadow passes. That's neat. Um, There's one in 2033 where if you go out on the, um, the archipelago in Alaska, you can see it. There, there are two. I'll be too old to appreciate it. There are roughly two a year. I think so. Maybe not. I'd probably enjoy it. I mean, like there are people who who have gone on trips, like on boats, to go out where where there were mm-hmm. and things like that. So maybe we'll that maybe that's when I'll say, okay, all right, I could take another cruise because I'm not a cruise person. I don't. I I, like I, I did one, and I'm just like, <laughs> no, I, I'm not a fan. Twenty. 2044. Yeah. This is the next. Yeah. 
Not in It's not the next total eclipse. It's the next one that goes... Next one in North America, yeah. 2044 goes through, like, the mountain states. It's fine. I've seen enough videos of it and shit like that. I mean, I got... Hopefully we can see one in April. It'll be amazing. I really want to see it. Um, But yeah, seeing the one back in 2017, it was... It was beyond wild. It was... I wish I wish everyone could experience it. So, I mean, I we were in Pittsburgh. I was in Pittsburgh when that happened, and I do remember being like outside the office, and you know, we we got like eighty percent. Totally and different. Totally. Different. I know. I know. I know. But I'm just saying, like, the temperature dropped like ten degrees. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it was significant. Um, just the effects of being close to it. Mm-hmm. And it got darkish, darkish. Mm-hmm. It didn't get dark. It was yeah, a normal yeah. Pittsburgh cloudy day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a during, dreary during a, crowd, a day with no, with no cloud. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's one thing that I just I recently spent a lot of money on my reptiles <laughs> because I I bought for them uh, the, the this new thing that came out. So th- this new uh, lighting solution because uh, right now th- so. You need to have two kind of lights for your for your reptiles. You should give them roughly twelve hours a day of light and dark, so they have a day night cycle they're used to. That's what I need. Red lights are bad. That's just a light to them. They they see it, so you know that there are people who like put red lights on the reptiles to see them at night. They're told that reptiles can't see that. No, they can see that fine. They think they're in day twenty four hours. It's bad. But these lights dim. So you have to, so not only do you have to have the lights, we also have to have, have UV. Mm-hmm. Farmy doesn't need it as much. Penrose gets good benefits from, from the UV. Do they need you see it's a dim? Do they need twilight? Do they need like a sunset? They they Does an don't... abrupt on off is that bad? Do you need a, a... technically? It's fine and almost and, and pretty much everybody does that, but the idea is they might even be more inclined to you know appreciate it if there is a dimming because because geckos in particular are crepuscular, which means that they're more most active at twilight and at um sunrise. So now I can do that. I can give her that like that time it's a programmable or? it's programmable yeah so you could give that time where it goes you know it starts slow and builds and then drops yeah. does it's it kinda... does it do the annual cycles can you can you i'm asking you just because i'm curious but it'd be super crazy if you could pick like the whatever desert they grew up in right and pick the kind of the yearly cycle for that latitude you can program in multiple different types of cycles it's, I wouldn't say the interface kind of sucks on the app. Because yeah, it's Chinese so, crap. Um, oh, it's UK cr- Chinese crap. Because um, the, the company's in the UK. But okay. yeah. <clears throat> Actually, because like, it's funny because the Chinese crap that I have for their um, the camera that I have on, on both of them is a fucking really good app. It's a great app for cameras. It has so many options and they keep improving it. Wow. Uh, and wow. yeah, mm-hmm. wow. And the, um, wow. the, 
You're welcome. And and yeah, th- this Arcadia app, Arcadia is, is the company who makes it, is a really mm-hmm. shitty app, and it takes a while to get it right. Uh, so I don't, so I haven't programmed in like a lot of stuff, but um, yeah, their schedule is slow build. Yeah, peaks at eighty five percent. Goes that, and then a slow. That's what I drop. need when I'm waking up in the mornings. I'd be much nicer. They do have things like that. Mm-hmm. I've seen them. Yeah. Well, I mean, my alarm is kind of like that. It's slowly. Mm. It's a. It's a very soothing type of an alarm and it just kind of eases its way up into a crescendo and then it decrescendos um so i don't but, i don't have i don't have a wake-up alarm i just i go mm-hmm. oh he just rolls out of yeah. bed five anyway, minutes before he needs to. I can't, so so the the the, the reason I, i've been doing that too I the reason i preface that is because i can't remember whether it was the fitbit or the apple watch one of them the wake up alarm on the watch would keep track of your sleep cycle and wake you up at the right part of your sleep cycle, which sounds really. There weird. are definitely apps for the app watch, but I can't wear a watch when I go to sleep. I just did. Oh, I wear mine. I, because I, it's what wakes me up nicely and slowly, and it it does this soft uh, beat. But she beat. still sets other alarms that I have to yell at her for. You <laughs> rude. <laughs> <laughs> I've had rude two days over the past 10 years of my company where the alarm didn't wake me up and I have slept through it. Uh, so I informed people, you know, who have been about me that this, you know, I, I have insomnia. This can happen. Um, just so they're aware. So, mm-hmm. and again, you know, I've never had a bad review in my company ever. So no one, when, when, when you're good at your job, no one cares about little things called like that. flexible hybrid work. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and, and since I've been working from home for four years now, I think, right? Three and two, two and a half, something like that. Anyway. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's kind of doesn't matter when I get up. Um, as long as I'm up for stand up. Uh, and I'm, you know, then I'm working and doing whatever and, uh, work until I don't need to. Yep. Uh, and, and, you know, and, and the way I look at it is, yeah, when you're a more junior employee, you have to strict to, you have to stick to a more strict schedule, but when you get to a certain point, you're trusted enough that you know what you're doing that you can build your schedule for yourself and what you need to do. And that sometimes means working 12 hour days. It often means not working, <laughs> like not being physically there all the time, mm-hmm. which is fine. Yep. Especially if I'm working at home. Yeah, I, I can take some time to, to make a good lunch for myself. It's going to take some time. and But yeah, the, the same as walk, going out to go to whatever. Um, yeah, but they're there. And then, you know, I'll come back and um, sometimes I'll work later at night. Sometimes I have to. <coughs> Excuse me. Sometimes I have to. Sometimes... There's just shit needs to get done. Uh, but 
I know what I can do. And I also know not to burn myself out. You're looking at me. me. You're looking at me. No, (laughs) he wasn't looking at you. You looked at him and he looked back at you. I mean, since this whole announcement of her, she's, how many hours did you work this week? A hundred and some? Uh, 99. Is that two weeks? 99 hours in nine days. That's not terrible. It's. Look, I'm an engineer. (laughs) I know me and I know that I can do things that most other people in my company, based on just the stuff I know, most other people in my company can't. And that's valuable. Uh, And I'm not saying that I work every day. Mm-hmm. It's just, look, you think about a CEO, some of their work is in playing golf, yeah. right? Yeah. Some of my work is laying on the couch, sitting on the couch, looking at some stuff and being like, anything about this, mm-hmm. you know, and that, that's just the nature of it. If not me at a keyboard, all 20, you know, all nine hours of the day. It's, yeah. It it sometimes it's me just thinking about something in my bed while I'm trying to go to sleep. Well, I do that a lot too. Yeah. I don't charge for that time. <laughs> I don't count that as working time, but I mean I do that like going to sleep when I wake up at two in the morning until I fall back to sleep at four. <laughs> well, the thing is also I'm a salaried employee. I don't get overtime. So, mm-hmm. you know, fuck y'all if you're like, oh, you gotta be all you got to account for every eight hours of your day. Fuck that. That's bullshit. Mm-hmm. I'm beyond that. Well, don't get overtime. <laughs> <laughs> there was one other thing I wanted to bring up. What was it? What was it? Do, 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 do. Mm. Looking at your stuff, so there was. It's not the notes. I've we've gone over all those. Hmm. Let's see. Don't know. <laughs> Would you guys be interested in some sort of quasi D and D? Sure. Like not full D and D. Like no, I'd totally be interested. Oh, okay. Because I'd be curious about playing a game. Um, maybe doing being a D, a DM. Um, I'm trying to. I've been watching some D and D, like uh, on, on Dropout. Like, dude, there's some amazing people who do like D and D, and I've done D and D in the past, and I've tried doing DMing, but most of the time when I did that, it was very much when I was playing. It was a little bit more fun than when I was DMing, but when I was DMing, I was always trying to railroad everybody into a thing where it's more, now I realize it's much more about world building. It's about having a world where you guys as the players can I mean, be your character. I think you have to have the trust that whatever they pick, you can tell a good story yeah. in that dun- yeah. in whatever dungeon they end up in, you can right. bring the story. Right? And whatever you guys decide to do, there's a world there so that it makes sense. If if you guys go in some direction I wasn't planning on, there's still a world there so that there's definition behind 
the so I've never played D and D. Me neither. I, I I understand what you're saying for the party. What is their goal? Get the most loot to advance their characters the most. Is it variable? Is it is it specified by the DM? Like, is you talk about a party going a direction different than what the DM expects. Yeah. So what is their goal? What is their motivation? How's that? So what I've learned is that part of it is, you know, asking your players what they want to do and, and what they feel for their characters. One of the things about making a character is when you're part of a party, what do you see as success? Well, I'll get into that. Cause I, this is part of it. Right. So, Sometimes you see people, and I've seen this before, when they're making a character, and and I think that I've even been guilty of this when I first very very first started. You know, you have to ask like, what is the characters what what is the character's desires, and what is it that they what are, what are their faults? And sometimes a person's like, I'm just a stabby rogue. I like stabbing things, and that's it, and that's good for me. And you have to say as a DM, like, okay, you've won. You've hit Nirvana. There's nothing else for you to do, right? I mean, there's no challenge anymore. You've found your thing that you like to do. There's no story to tell here. Well, I'd be bored. That, yeah. So you want to have a character. So you want to impress upon the characters that they, the, the players, that they should have characters and they should have, they should think of them as people that have motivations and flaws. Okay. So in that case, everyone has, builds a, a monologue of what their character desires of wants yeah. needs are but then you're thrust into a party yes okay so that's where the dm comes in of and it takes some time usually to do a couple different things see what the players like and then when they like it they're just giving you information about what they want more of and you just give them more of that if you like Finding, if you like trying to find the secret as a entrances. DM, do you call out players who their motivations don't match their character? Like, I'm a thief, blah, blah. I, I don't know enough, but like, yeah. you know, I, I want to be duplicitous, but then in the case you like, they're working towards the, the betterment of the entire party or something like that, that. That's a weird example, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. If they start playing something that's, not very much like their character, then it's time for a conversation about where this character is going. And maybe we should think about changing this character's type and, and, and changing, you know, this character changed from a pure rogue to something more different <laughs> because it's about giving the players a fun time. Yeah. You know, it's not about like there's, are there stories that, that you, know, you want to tell in this land? Sure. But Do... you're also trying to give your players like you want your players to be having the most fun, and that's more important. Than is, the, is the party the <coughs> is the party supposed to work together at all costs, or can you cast out characters that aren't compatible with your party? Or that's uh, hopefully something you never have to deal with, right? But I think that definitely, if you are. So it's you're supposed to make the party work at all costs. You you can be flexible with that. 
But if they're not working together, then you would generally want to separate them because then they're not a party anymore. I mean, they're sitting at a table together. Right. As long as they're playing the same game. As long as they're fine with role playing. But if they're not working together, I I, I guess you can see how that works. then, Then you may get into PvP. Okay. So, like, if you're a troublemaker... Right. You can be a troublemaker. Yeah. But you're you're owning that role and you're going to have some, you know, if you're yeah, if you're fighting against the party, then the party's going to turn towards you and the D and, and the DM is going to allow that to happen. Right. Because the idea is there's an emergent gameplay. Right. I mean, if the party gets really annoyed with you, then you're going to have to deal with that. And whatever the consequences of that are. And the DM is not is only is only going to protect you so much before they're like, well, this is this is the pot that you brewed. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is the situation that you find yourself in. So yeah, PvP can't happen. And then it's like, all right, this is what happens, and um, you know, stories can hinge on that. But I'm 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 guessing most parties. Or a group of friends who want to defeat the big bad together. Right? So. That's definitely the easiest way to go, and 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 it's the most like I would say it, it's the way to go, especially when you're new at the game. I think that if you're really really experienced on both sides, both players and DMs, you can do something crazy because people know mechanics, they know how to role play they know that their consequences, that their actions will have consequences. They also know not to like get too obsessed with the idea, with the idea of if their character dies, their character dies. They can always make a new character. Right. And so if you're going to play like that, you can't be too precious about. So character development, you, you build, you start with a character, you, you fill out the traits, you, get experience, you level up, you die, a character gets thrown out and you have to start over. In so it depends on, on what you're your depends on, on sort of the house rules in some sense. Like there are some games where very definitively, I think that in, in a in a very general D and D sense, yeah, your character dies, they're dead. There are ways of bringing back characters but usually there's a considerable cost. But you're, you're, you're yeah. starting over. Um, there are other games. There are other types of role-playing games, systems, where death is more of a conversation than, than a out-and-out, your hit points are zero and you failed all your death saves type thing, right? So it's more of a, like, these are games that don't have hit points, but this is the logical progression of the things that have happened. Uh but there are if you're playing a game and if it's playing if you're playing a game where there's no chance of you losing then that's not a terribly fun game in general no that would be a very boring yeah you you want there to be some well there has to be a penalty for penalty, spawn. Yeah, yeah but yeah i could how how, how... I don't know how you judge age in D&D. How old's your oldest, most 
successful character? I have not played enough characters to have a good okay answer to that. I was just looking for like a gauge of like yeah. I would say several, that there, there how, are, many, how many how many uh, campaigns campaigns does a character last? So it depends on the person. It depends on what they do. Like some people have characters that they bring to a bunch of different campaigns and some people just like drawing up a new character every campaign like how much more powerful is like a a veteran character versus a new character well a lot of it depends like for example in in games that i'm thinking of i don't necessarily think that people should start on level one i think you give somebody like level get somebody level five so they have something behind them because it takes a while to get to level five, but you kind of have more interesting dynamics and, and mechanics when you get there uh, and more interesting things you can do. I mean, the questions I'm asking are just about like how costly is death? You know, like how, how much do you protect the character? Like, do you like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna roll this, this attack round because my character is more important than the the success of this battle. Well, you know, in, like, in in general, when you get to a very high level, there's not going to be ways that you can die instantly. So you can gauge whether your character is going to fight or not. If you get into a fight, then maybe if you're very high level, you could probably escape if you're getting down poorly because you have lots of options right but you always run the risk of getting stomped on it's there mm. uh but it's not um and it, it depends on and, and it, if you were really afraid you would talk to the dm and make sure that that's not something that that's you know, going to happen and frankly you control your character so if you die at something then it's up to you whether you want to think of that adventure you just had as canon or not. It's it's your character, right? Um, I don't think most, you know, if if, if you take that character on different campaigns, different DMs, I don't think most of them are going to are going to be like, tell me about every every single adventure you had and what happened. They're just going to, oh, you brought a character. Okay, cool. Right. So it's like, it's not so much about that. It, 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 it can be about that if you want it to. And it, then if you do that, if you really stick to that, you have a character that you love, then that character, you, you should probably stick to the idea that a character can die. But okay. so it sounds like, sounds like the, a specific character you, most of the time isn't. The most important thing. I've never played the same character in, in, in a campaign. Twice. Success of the party is more important than the character. Just whatever you what, want to want I mean, to play. Uh, I'm like, just asking questions. No, and, and, from your and point of view, say, like, is the party greater than the character? Um, for you as the player, your character should be paramount, right? Mm-hmm. You, if your character cares about the party, then yeah, the party is what you care about. But you, but it's what your character desires. That's what the DM wants. The DM wants you to play your character and be that character when you're doing role playing stuff. 
She's totally into this talk. I'm sorry. I'm replying to my new boss. Oh. Yeah. He's not your boss until Tuesday. Fuck Technically. off. Tell the fuck off. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. I got to pee. All right. Do we, want, do we have more to talk about? I don't know. I'm I, totally I can cool more, with chatting more. Right? Yeah, I can answer more DM questions. Right. I'm going to go pee. From my perspective, as somebody who's DM'd a couple times, and that's it. I DM, but my... <laughs> interpretation of dm and, and what you're talking about mm. is different i direct message ah, so yeah no dungeon master <laughs> uh basically you know control the scene uh answer the questions give the play the other characters the non-player characters uh part of the fun of it is getting to play a bunch of different characters because you're the DM, so you can be. Oh, I'm the I'm the gnome who's going to help you. Out. <laughs> I'm the I'm the gruff adventurer in the corner who you may want to be as a hire. I'm the little damsel who's who sees you and looks and you're like a beacon of light. <laughs> I'm the, the cynical adventurer who came by. I was like, no. I don't know if you guys can handle this. That's so, the sexy voice. That's, that's, that's sexy a sexy voice? DJ voice right there. I just I don't know. Uh-huh. That's kind of like, or there's like, hey baby, what are you? I'm the adventure from out of from from. Yeah, that's not sexy. From out of town, who <laughs> has a an accent you can't place. Oh no, you're from Lawrenceville. <laughs> and yet, well, you were transplanted to Lawrenceville. Yes, I was transplanted. It's it's been a long time. <laughs> I've 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 learned much since my time across here in America. Yeah, across the pond as it were. <laughs> you know, you try to come up with the characters and and give them all distinct Mm-hmm. characters and voices and and um they have their own motivations mm-hmm. but the fun thing is it's not so much like you have ideas of of, of what their motivations are but it's the players and the dice roll that tells you what happens like the, the fun thing is it's it's a bit of like you know role-playing improv mixed with gambling because the dice tell you what happens so if you try to persuade somebody and you do a persuasion you get a nat 20 you're gonna succeed whatever even it's the craziest shit in the world you tell somebody something that is absolutely true uh and completely obvious you try to persuade them you get a nat one you're gonna fail and they're gonna not believe a word you say <laughs> so it's like those those kind of things are are fun because they can really change the dynamics of they can you know you can change the dynamics of a fight just by a role, and that's fun. And I think that you know I, one of the things I've learned is as a DM you honor a nat twenty. A nat twenty means things things have gone really really well for the person who rolled that nat twenty, and that has to play out. Hmm. Cooper's outside, so... Outside? I just let him out. Did you make sure the gate was locked? No. Because it's not closing very well with the weather. So you missed some of my characters. 
Mm. I was I'm gonna explaining check some of the game. voices that you know you could do because as a DM, you gotta have characters that are different. I like the Nick Cage, the Nick Cage character. That's what <laughs> I want. <laughs> oh, let me tell you something. Because I've been here for so long. Trapped. I've actually learned to love it. And if you open that door, I'm not walking out of here. Because I love it here. Shit like that. (laughs) Yeah, I'd like to play D&D for sure. I can think about it. So I, I need to make a world. Right. I need to have I, I have in my head I've been building like a an idea for a campaign for a for a world that there are things happening in. And they were like Are you running for president? I'm no, sorry, I just got no, back. No. <laughs> I'm building I'm building in my head, I've been building for a while like a world that I could DM where there are a bunch of things happening and there are like four primary like threads that could be pulled. And there are a bunch of ways that, that, that somebody... And so there are different storylines that could be pursued. And they all... And some of them run into each other, some of them don't. But it's about what the players decide to do that, that gets to... if And if it gets to a certain point. And I remember seeing the scene with... So Brandon Lee Mulligan is one of the people who I've been really watching and stuff like that. And he, he said, like... He had this whole. I remember you talking about. It, he had this whole thing with this rat king in in this in this uh, um, in this dungeon that people were in, and they completely skipped that area. And so he said, "Okay, well, next town they come is going to have a real big rat problem." <laughs> you know, you, right, you right. want to use the things that you've built. Yeah, but you also maybe it'll loop back around to the rat king. Right. right yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you also you, you want to give your adventurers you don't want to put them down, you know, a forced path. You want, you want them to decide what they're doing and, you know, they're telling the story as much as you are. So, but it's also, sounds fun. Yeah. It's also about your characters and who you want to be. So, um, for my birthday last month, kids came up and, um, I don't know how it came out, but I asked them if they wanted to play a game. And Allie, who's 15, almost 16 mm-hmm. now, she wanted to play Small World, which you've played before. Yeah. And it was crazy because, you know, it's been tough the last couple of years. But she picked Small World as kind of this nostalgic, I used to play this my dad thing when I was eight. Uh-huh. And we had a really good time, played a great game. Ended up staying longer. And she wanted to play a second game. And we had to delay, like, tell Heather we're going to meet later. Because Allie actually, like, but, I mean, dad crying right now, I think. But it was like, it's kind of a role-playing game. Kind of. It, it's. Well, I mean. You're, you're, in a different sense, you're, completely. You're, you're picking. You have different things that have different skills. So, yeah. so you're. It's a more mechanics based. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, it was 
it was, cr- I mean, it was cool that she picked it, but that it was really cool that she like had nostalgic memories it. of like, oh, this is a fun thing that I did with dad. And I want to do now. Yeah. And, and then a second time. Yeah. Well, so that's really cool. Let's think about it. Like what kind of character would you like to play? So like a so, lot of the times. Do you know Ellie actually plays D&D? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no she plays, does. What does she play as? I'm not sure. Okay. So she plays just online over Discord or whatever with her friends. But it'd be cool to ask her what, what she plays as. So, so I used I used to like I play like rogues who are Cooper, stop it. Who are sneaky and sorry, um you know can hide and, and have a lot of stealth and I've and I've lot played like mages who have like lots of power magic they're glass cannons as they say. The character I, I really like to play now, I think next when I do get into a game is like a, a pure fighter who's like someone who's like a, a duelist who's like good at swords and like that, but it's also kind of pretentious and cause they've, they've spent all their life learning how to be a fighter. And so they're really good and agile, but also that they're, that you know, their personality is such that, you know, they see themselves as a champion. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious, what kind of characters would you like to play? I'd have to read over the traits and stuff, you know? Yeah. I mean, off I, the top of your so head. The, I'm the analytical, of, so. The kinds of role-playing that I've played in the past, mm-hmm. video game stuff yeah. and, and mud stuff, it's always been more physical. It's been more the warrior thief, mm-hmm. not much of the magic or druid or, you know, that kind of thing. And so you think you tend towards that level? It's what I've makes sense to like me like when you play skyrim or something that's what you tend yeah. towards is more the physical sloth mud so so you yeah so i think you'd be more like you barbarian might be a good one for you you yeah. go into rages barbarian um, <gasps> i mean i i it just like human barbarian i can relate right yeah. where it's uh-huh. like you know whatever whatever you know it's like I don't know. Like, I don't know what's the benefit, you know? And then the idea of being something that's more, you know, magical. I mean, like <laughs> there's, there's also things like bars yeah. where you're, well, that makes no sense to me. You sing and have magical powers or something. Or, well, you're, you're, you're kind of, you kind of buff your party, right. With, with, with your, by singing, by, yeah, by, you know, maybe it's by rocking out. Right. And, and they get, and they get really into it. Um, but you also have, you know, you, you have attack abilities, but you also have, you're really charming, right? So you have lots of, uh, and you're a good storyteller. So you have a lots, lots of advantage in, in charisma and wisdom and stuff like that. So, so it leans towards can more I of a role playing. Can I be a network security engineer? <laughs> if we played Shadowrun, maybe. Uh, Shadowrun is sort of a, cyberpunk cyberpunk type type fit yeah cyberpunk D basically what about you what kind of character would you i like? i don't know i'm more of a leader and i'm very analytical mm-hmm. so not knowing much about yeah no I, it's not about I, I, i'm not telling you i, I would have you to what say, class you should pick it's more about what kind of character you'd like to play yeah more of a of a leader a leader Right, so Somebody, probably more like a, along the lines of a fighter, um, or 
I'm the one. I'm I'm the one that looks at the best case scenario and the yeah. worst case scenario and determines what the best route is in the situation. Mm-hmm. So whatever that role would be, you know. That- so you you could also be like, uh, there are. That also could be bardic. Like you could be a bard who who is studied in tactics. Mm-hmm. Um, you could be because uh, you know bards are basically a, a lot of the bard thing is people that you you go to their schools of barding, right? And so a bard is kind of somebody who's educated, very well educated about certain things. Um, you could be you could be just a, a pure fighter who again is very dexterous but also uh has that mind of in and a goal that they're always chasing and going towards and mm-hmm. are pretty one minded about that it, they tend to be usually um you know rogues and wizards tend to be more behind the scenes guys who are uh letting things happen and uh, like a, a wizard will be somebody who's standing back. And if they're controlling things, they're controlling it from afar, mm-hmm. like puzzle pieces. Um, because getting in the midst of, midst of things when you're a wizard is not a good idea. You're not, a, you're pretty vulnerable if you were, <laughs> but you're really powerful if, if you need to be. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a barbarian is somebody who's just, they're, they're all strength and they're, they're going to bust their way through things and they rage and they take half damage and they get advantage on hits and stuff like that. So they're I'm very... more of the one who says you go that way, right. you go yeah. that way. Yeah. This is, you know, what are you doing? Colin Nelly. Okay. Hello. Hey, so let's see. Greg's here. He wants to know about your D and D character. I, I just sent you a message about it, but yeah. What do you play? Sorry? What do you play? Uh, I'm kind of basic, but I play a human druid for one of my okay. campaigns. So, yeah. So, yeah, druids were nature-based. They can um, summon and sometimes change into animals. Uh, yeah. They have abilities like that. It's super fun. Um, you might also uh, be like a cleric. They're devoted to healing, but they also get powers from their gods. So they can be um, – they can have – very, they can be very powerful in certain instances. Um, mm-hmm. have any other questions about Allie's character? So, what level are you at? Uh, we haven't gone far into the story, so okay. I'm only a level two currently. Okay, so but you're getting through it. You're, mm-hmm. you, I think, level three is when you get your first big power up, and then level yeah. five, you get some nice stuff too. Um, what do you play 5e? Sorry? Do you play 5th edition? Uh, I think. I'm not sure. I'll have to check. I'm not I'm not <laughs> really into it. I'm still kind of new, so. That's cool. That, that's awesome. So, yeah, like, um, I think that I, I really f- sort of fell in love with 5th edition. Before, I started with Pathfinder. You know what that is? Yeah. Yeah, Pathfinder is a, it's sort of based on D&D 2 or D&D 3. Um, mm-hmm. But I kind of love the whole advantage and, and, um, the, the, the mechanics that you have when you have, um, bonus actions and stuff like that. I like the, the toolbox that 5e gives you more. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. 
Greg wants to uh, DM a campaign with Shannon and I. Would you want to play? Um, maybe. I'm not sure. I mean, it would be fun. <laughs> I will say that. It would be really fun. But uh, again, I'm not very experienced. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking to them right now about like what kind of characters want to play because they, they don't know classes. So I'm just sort of like trying to figure out what their character archetype is so we can go from there. So um, we're not experienced at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I'd want to be. Probably just a boring human warrior or something. Yeah. Be what you want. It's super fun. Yeah. And all that. A leader, you know, a paladin is also a good choice for a leader. All right, Allie. Thank you. So a paladin has. I'll talk to you later. I love you. Magical abilities to. They're sort of like clerics. They have gods that they fight for. You know, in this world, there are gods. It's just deal with it. This is the world. There are gods that have effect on things. And um, there are certain classes that gain power from their gods. Paladins, clerics, warlocks. Um, and and so they can call upon their gods for more power and things like that. But a paladin has to be played a particular way or else they abandon their god and then they, they become something different. So you have to be like really really very um, good about playing your character right in order to stay in the graces of your god. So paladins are kind of, if a DM's a stickler, they can be kind of hard to play. Um, so there's rangers. So I guess they get... <laughs> rangers sort of like... Um, they get a bonus bump if they can play legit, right? Paladin. Yeah, 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 for sure. But they also, that means that like, if they see something like they're not going to tolerate a thief in their group stealing from, from somebody who doesn't deserve it, that kind of thing. Right. Paladin is, is, is going to, it's going to take a lot for them to tolerate things like that. And if they do, or if they do something that goes against their, their religion, then they become oath breakers and they lose a lot of power. There are rangers who are kind of like mixed between fighters and thieves. So think of like Robin Hood mm-hmm. type thing. Um, sorcerers are wizards, but so wizards are people who study and they have, and, and they can have a whole bunch of spells, but they have to prepare spells before every day sorcerers they get their magic from more natural things they but they don't have nearly as many spells and they can't like they don't have to prepare them but they just don't have as many to choose from so you know it's just different sort of play style mm-hmm. um yeah there there's a whole bunch of different ways you go with this but it's so yeah warlock is a is kind of a fighting wizard with demonic powers doesn't necessarily mean you're bad. It just means your patron is generally more of a negative force. You can still be a good guy. And in general, like there's alignment you want your characters. I think that most of the time, especially when you're starting, you want to play as a neutral, good character. Just a they're They're out to do. I knew I knew I married a good woman. (laughs) What are you talking about? <laughs> Greg knows what I'm talking about. 
What? Jeff often plays with the stuff on uh, bottles. He'll he'll grab <laughs> the wax and and shred it in tiny little it, pieces. Yeah, yeah. pick the cage and make a little sculpture out of it. I'm not shredding. Note: I am not shredding. I'm peeling. The whole point, was and I'm trying Greg to make sure that I get exactly it all in one piece, and it might break right here because I'm at this. But anyway, so if you guys. Really do want to play. You don't have to want to play. It's fine. But if you do I want to do. play. I want about, to be the leader, though. I've got to okay, be the, well, but think of, think one about that, what, the one who dictates. What you want to do, but also, like, then think about who your character is. What what are their goals? What's their backstory? And what are their flaws? Shit. Womp, womp, womp. Hold on. I got a button for that. Uh, <laughs> She ripped the wax. Didn't get. Don't get. Don't take my. It's wax. a nice. It's a nice string of wax. It's a though. beautiful, swirly wax thingy. The part of the bottle where the 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 forming machine grabs onto the right below the ring for the cap, where the machine grabs onto it to blow the glass into the form. This other part is really stuck on there, though. You can also decide if we're going to play with the two of you. I, if, if I you need guys... a barbarian. If you, if you guys know each other beforehand or related to each other or something or not. Oh. You know, like you could be brother and sister. You could be husband and wife. You could be people who don't know each other from Adam. You could be people who had a relationship a long time ago, don't have it anymore, but you're coming back again. Like there's all ways that you can play that and have it affect the story. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Brother and sister. This is Game of Thrones type <laughs> stuff is going on here. <laughs> the advantage is you can be whoever you want to be. <laughs> so you don't have to worry about your current relationships. Oh. Oh. We could make this really interesting. Some sexy time. <laughs> oh, oh, believe me. Find a druid out there. <laughs> I will play some sexy maidens. A hot, hot <laughs> and some sexy boys. <laughs> and maybe that's not the way your guys go, right? I mean, maybe you mm-hmm. maybe you're playing a character who goes both ways. Who knows? You never know. That's yeah. the fun. You can play any character you want. You can play a character that's just like you. You can play a character that's very different from you. And it's it will work either way. Literally. Literally. <laughs> I'm going to play a character that has a 20-sided die with all 20s on it. Yeah. <laughs> I've made a piece of jewelry here. There you go. Here you go. It's beautiful. Uh, you get a little earring thing to put on I that. can hang it. Those Let's see if I can attach it to my earring. This one might not. I'm going to roll a d20 for you. On the bright side, it's wax. We can just meld it and do whatever we want with it. We could. But I want to. Oh, look. It's going to work. See, <laughs> it's work. Have you, have you um, different like uh, dialects of American English? Like, are you gonna take a picture, Gray? No, I was looking for. Oh, a I thought you were gonna take looking... a picture. Jeez, nobody's taking a picture of my beautiful earring. 
pretty good. It is. Um, I, I can't think of the actual like elements to make it up, but like in Miami, like because That's of all. That's mom's Miami, not Miami. Okay, I just wrote, ooh, That's... you got an 18. Just rolled a D20, you got an 18 for your, for your earring. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I think you just beat the warlock or whatever. Um, what I, I mean, I have a hard time remembering the details right now, but you know, like different areas with different influences and Miami has a bunch of Cuban influences mm-hmm. and Hispanic sure. influences. Puerto so Rican. Puerto, Puerto Rican. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, what the hell is it? But they're talking about like how like Miami is one of the most, I'm going to use the wrong word, but I'm going to say speciated kind of like dialects right now. Like, like, yeah. Almost like how like Valley Girl versus this, that Uh other things. But like Miami has. It reminds me of something. That's Mercine. Mercine. It reminds me of something that um, I remember. uh, Great. I remember on uh, Harvard Town, uh, Dan Harvard said, like, like when he, you know, he's from Minneapolis and he got to LA and he's like, oh, everyone in, in Minneapolis sort of talks like this because it's really cold and you just keep your mouth closed. I don't know why everyone talks a, like that. It, it hurts. <laughs> and my mouth's always open. And it's like, oh, I'm in LA. <laughs> it hurts to breathe. Yeah. It hurts to inhale. Mm-hmm. And it's that cold. But so yeah, that that's Ally Valley Girl. Oh, I'm an ally. Where is, are we that, going? is that what you're gonna be? A Valley Girl? It's clearly gonna be one of the characters. Yeah, so <laughs> one of the, the more common ones in, in Miami is instead of saying something like let's get out of the car, mm-hmm. they say uh let's get down from the car. Okay. Which I'm sure is a literal translation from Spanish or something like that. Maybe, right? sure maybe the way Spanish says it down from the car is the right way. I'm I'm not judging that. I'm just pointing out like how like there's enough people in an area talking, you know, this significantly different dialect, right? Uh, some other ones would be. Um, I remember when my dad said, and it totally shocked me when he because because. He had been it had been fifteen, sixteen years of my life. I never heard him say this. He said, "Look it once," Look which it. was very New York of him. You know, very New York eight year old. Look it, look it, and it was like, "Whoa, what's yeah. that?" So in Spanish, when you say when you want to get out of a car, you say uh, "bejar del coche," which is probably a little translation for "let's get down from mm-hmm. the car," almost like "let's get down from the horse" or "down from the right." Carriage or something, right? Um, you want some? Yeah, I'll take you some. Want some medicine? You want Where's some medicine? Over there. Oh. Maybe put, who put it over don't there? Need some. Uh, I don't probably know. you. <laughs> You're the only one who can yeah, reach that side the of the farthest table. Corner from <laughs> anyone else. You've been drinking also the time out. Yeah. Yeah. Time, which is this like is awful. Yeah. Not worth my sobriety. Uh, they'll say could instead of can. The I'm wearing this could is conditional. on Tuesday. Uh, very good. Yeah. The, the, the First impressions. Mean everything. And mm-hmm. you make your own jewelry. I make my own destiny, too. <laughs> instead of taking a pill, you'll drink a pill. 
He's Drinking not even pill. paying attention. Well, you're washing down with I water. I guess, you know, that, that actually makes sense. <laughs> because, yeah, usually you get some water with it. So you I did. Drank a pill. Yeah. Yeah. Eating shit, which is a literal translation for the Spanish term, a comiendo mierda, which typically means that one is not doing anything of importance or is doing something foolish. Whereas eat shit in, in, in our thing is more like either an insult or I ate shit because I like fell off the motorcycle when I was doing a trick. More right. so it's like Well, that's insult. kind of, that's, but, yeah. falling off a motorcycle kind of fits here. Yeah, like, it does. Eating shit is like you try to stunt, you failed, you yeah. ate shit. Yeah. That fits with the Miami thing. I guess, a little bit. You know, where I've never. But that, that sort of sounds to me like, oh, I'm bored and I have nothing to do and I'm eating, I'm eating shit. Doing something foolish. Oh, okay. Or right. not, not something of importance or foolish. Oh, uh, see, I wouldn't have. I, I, to me, that's not something I would have done. Like eating shit is like, um, you're being admonished for doing for for regret. Eat shit, asshole. Well, like you know, like dog shit on the carpet. Yep. You know, now you're putting his nose in it. And he has to eat shit. You know, that's kind of where I had eating shit. You know. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Eat. Eating shit. I think that time that Tristan took his motorcycle into the dumpster, like ran it yeah. at a gas station when he was revving it, and he yeah, he got this new crotch rocket. Yeah, and he was at a gas station, and he was trying to show off for God knows who. Somebody Pro- probably wasn't even. It was yeah. like do a wheelie, do a wheelie, whatever. He tried to pop a wheelie. He lost it and ran the bike right into a dumpster. <laughs> He ate shit. And I I think that he used it in, I, I mean, he, he used that term, you know, because he was doing something foolish. It's eating shit. A giddy? A giddy. A giddy? A giddy. You know what a giddy is? Well, I know I'm giddy when I'm happy. Not but giddy. I don't know. G-E-T-T-Y. Uh, G-E-T-T-Y. Yeah. No. It's a small house house party of a few people short of getting together, commonly used by Miami millennials. Oh, okay. Oh, well, I haven't been, I haven't lived in Miami since 93, so. Mm-hmm. Have you ever opened a hole? Opened a hole. Open a hole? Open a hole. Yeah. That is popping a cork. While most Americans say tear a hole in or punctured, this literally translates as open a hole in Spanish, a bear un echo in Miami accent English. Oh, okay. I was just, it was a wild guess. Uh, let's see. I didn't hear some of these, but this does remind me of like when you hear insults from other languages were you here where. For, were you here for the eating shit one? Yes. Okay. We hear insults from a language where it's like some some weird saying that uh, oh that's true. Hi Cooper, come here. Some weird saying that doesn't make any sense, but it's just which which happens in in our languages too. Like I mean, I think of of one a good one, but there are plenty. Um, the idioms that we have. Oh yeah, I can't <laughs> even think of any offhand either, but I use them all the time. Under the weather. Yeah. Right. That's a good one. Like, that doesn't, 
mean anything. What is, of course you're under the weather. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're all under the I weather. I was trying to think of the origin of one of those things the other day. What was it? It was, uh, shit. It wasn't shit. No, it's not going to come to me, though. <laughs> oh, it was um, Out of the Woodwork. Yeah, oh, I was curious, that's a good one. I was curious where that mm-hmm. came from. And it's funny, when I looked it up, it actually lined up with what my like mental image of it was. For some reason, I don't know why, Out of the Woodwork means like bugs coming out of the baseboards. Hmm. Oh, and that's actually what it is like roaches and mice and shit okay. coming out of the baseboards. And it was wild to me because like never thinking critically about it. That's my mental image of is bugs coming out of the baseboards of your room. And I looked it up. I'm like, it's got to be something else. There's no way like, but that's literally mm. the main thing of out of the woodwork. Woodwork is the stuff that makes a root house, right? Yeah. It's, um, so let's see. Here's some that that are some. Some I think are, are reasonable. Some are <coughs> okay. Um, cold feet. That's a that's yeah. a common one. I get cold feet all the time. That's a weird not one. for the same reason. It's, that it's a we're, it's an anxious reaction, right? I mean, it's it's. Blood's coming back to your core. You know, your circulation will let your feet. I guess. Like, I think that some of them, like, walk on eggshells. That's very descriptive. I think that makes sense. Cold feet? It's a a metaphor, right? Walk on cold feet (laughs) is more physiological, Mm -hmm. where walking on eggshells is very metaphorical. Yeah. And I can totally, when you're, Dealing with a person yeah. who has a hair trigger, going through those kinds you of things. You have to know that eggshells like, are fragile, but if you think about that, then that makes sense. You just don't yeah. know if you can do a thing and not elicit a severe response kind of thing. You know, you just Ooh, don't know. Here's an interesting one. Set the record straight. Don't. Well, that, that's not. It doesn't. Wait, if you think about it. Okay, the record is. You the know, written the, record. The written the record. record of set the record, but then straight is weird, right? Because yeah, that I mean, if you're thinking of it as you're coming from a, like a different something. language entirely, and you're yeah, trying to understand what and and you learn that a record yeah. is a something a, a physical, yeah, it wouldn't make any sense. I guess. You know, why not set the record in stone or set the record? I mean, these types well, of things I've thought about to your so point much. of view is what it means. Yeah, well, I'm just saying, like, I'm not trying to to define what they mean. I'm trying to more talk about how it can be really weird. Mm-hmm. Some of these, some of these are, are some of these. Like, I think walking eggshells can can I think translate relatively mm, easily. I don't know, but so I was learning Russian for a long time. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of these types mm-hmm. of idioms. Is that what you yeah. were calling mm-hmm. it? Um, it? There's a lot of idioms in, in, in the Russian language as well, but not nearly as many yeah. as we have, I don't think. But um, I often thought about, like, when I was learning the language, 
how these different things could so I mean it would be so hard to come you know here yeah from Russia or any country and you know not be very fluent in the English language and it didn't even matter if you were if you had been studying the English language for you know four years or six years because it really takes that yeah. long to become quote fluent in the language um and somebody you're says still, to you bite the bullet yeah there is if you even if you, don't know if any, you put yeah. that in a google translate well, app that, or that's an any one. other that's translation app that, that comes from history and stuff like that but if you don't know any of that and you just you but know, why is bite the bullet i mean it's it's more alliterative but why is bite the bullet the saying over bite the leather strap you know because like you're going to undergo something painful put this in your teeth so you don't hurt your teeth mm-hmm. bullets not the right thing right it's a leather strap mm-hmm. right. or a stick that you want to bite and not the bullet um so i'm curious well on... we're thinking of bullets but bullets used to be made of lead and so they were probably oh just biting on the lead okay but i mean but still, if you didn't be better, no yeah, I mean, lots of bullets when you were in army, and not so much. Mm. Oh, if you're Civil War, yeah, and you got a lead mini ball, and that's what you got to bite down on when they're just sawing your arm off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's lots of leather though too. Probably, yeah. Maybe the bullet's going to be better than the leather they had. Well, it's I more think leather, leather would be easier on the teeth. No, I mean that's what it's for, right? Is yeah. like you're going to go undergo something painful. Mm-hmm ready yourself mm-hmm. and if you're going to undergo an amputation without anesthesia yeah. that that's where it comes from but if you don't know any of that then it, it, by yeah. the bullet makes no sense yeah and it's it's really interesting if you think about it from that mm-hmm. perspective and if you're hearing and, it literally and, for the first time yeah and so when i was learning the russian language there were often times when i would come across these different terms and that's the when way the turnip tumbles. D- yeah. <laughs> I got I some good ones here. Translated yeah. it, it made no sense Makes no to sense me. at all because you don't have any of the historical understanding exactly. or any of the, you know, understanding of, of sort of where those phrases came from. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's a good one. Pretty Penny. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it's small enough that that it, it's easy to grasp once somebody tells you, but understanding it if you just saw it is it's that a book just somewhere. a good fortune of finding a shiny penny or what is it? I don't even know. I don't know, but I'm guessing that, that's a worth good... a pretty penny. It means that it was very expensive, right? Yeah. So... Oh, yeah. Oh, I think yeah. It... We're just so used to it that we don't even yeah. think but if, about. But saying that's like, worth a pretty penny. Yeah, I, I, mean, I mean, I've I guess, said that many times. I'm guessing it has to do with. I, I don't know what this doesn't have anything to do with how to get with, with what they came from. Just oh, okay. they're talking about what they are. So, an interesting one: break a leg. Yeah, that one. That one has always bugged me. It's a superstitious thing. <laughs> it's a superstitious thing, yeah. yeah. You don't say good luck. Here's one that I think you could probably guess, though, through thick and thin. Yeah. 
that feels like one that's like that you one could, you makes probably, more sense. You could probably like ascertain what it means. Yeah. Uh, hang in there. Cut corners. Steal someone's thunder. Mm. Call it a day. That's harder. That one would be difficult if you were just stepping into the English language and somebody said that. Yeah. Uh, Better late than never. That just seems almost natural. Yeah. To us. Yeah. Uh, But here's one. Stick to your guns. Yeah. That one would be stick to your guns if you... Didn't know the English language. Yep. You, 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 and maybe you could only read it. You know, you Literally. Yeah. If you did a Google Translate mm-hmm. and it said, stick to your guns, you would have no idea. That would, cup I mean. Of, cup of tea. Yeah, the same thing. Yeah, like, it's not my cup of tea. Like, what? No, it's a. <laughs> <laughs> I like coffee. It's a hot dog. <laughs> um. Ooh, let sleeping dogs lie. I guess that kind of. Um, that makes. Oh, okay. I think that's more universal, right? I mean, yeah. there's enough dogs around that you don't go fuck around with a strange dog. Okay, so. what about this one though? Let the cat out of the bag. I mean, any of these, (laughs) if you put yourself into, if you really thought about just stepping foot into Mm -hmm. this country and trying to learn the language, Mm -hmm. none of this, none of these would make any sense. In a nutshell. That one wouldn't make any sense either. That one is wild. Is it though, that one? No, not if you were... I mean, a nutshell, a nutshell is a nutshell. How would you understand? This is how you build a microwave in a nutshell. What? I mean, yeah. If it was more of here's a self-contained explanation versus yes. here is a incomplete explanation. So it means here's an incomplete exp- explanation. We know what it means. We know what but it means. I know, but, other but no, if it, if it... If it more specifically meant, here is the self-contained explanation, that makes sense, literally. Well, well, here is an incomplete see, explanation. You're thinking, doesn't. you're thinking that it should be a piece of cake. <laughs> that one is wild. Like, yeah. a piece of cake? I mean... What the hell does that mean? It's easy as pie, man. <laughs> it's easy as pie. Because <laughs> uh, we don't want to get out of hand. No, we certainly wouldn't want that. Um, and and I'm not going to let you off the hook. <laughs> Goddamn Quora wants me to log in. Fuck you. I re- I'm still trying to figure out where a pretty penny... Like, what's the literal... Uh, you have no idea. I, I think that ship has sailed. <laughs> he got you. That one literally makes sense. You can't get uh, on it because it's gone. You're you're not trains left the you, station. Okay. It's the same thing. But you're not. No, I, I, I think you know. If, if you're translating a, that ship has sailed literally, you can draw the metaphor up in your that, mind. Yes. Where if you say that cost a pretty penny, 
that's a much harder metaphor yeah. to visualize. I, yeah, that's, you know, I, I think that that's the thing. It's like yeah, some, of, some of these are easier, some of these are harder. None like, of them are going. I don't like, think any of them would be easy like, for it's somebody. Not rocket science is a lot easier to understand than spill the beans. Spill the beans as tell us what you know. Or give us the gossip. Right. That, that doesn't make that you have to know some colloquial idioms doesn't, in order for that to make doesn't sense. Doesn't add up to a hill of beans at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, like I think like miss the boat is one. It's sort of like, yeah, like, okay, that, that, you can you can infer. Yeah. I mean, I think ship has sailed, missed the boat, train has left the station. Mm-hmm. Bless cool. your heart. Anyone See eye can, to eye. Anyone can take a literal translation of those and probably get it. Wear and your not heart on anyone. your sleeve. What's that? This is a difficult one. Wear your heart on your sleeve. I think they're all gonna be because difficult. That's what, that one's really weird. Like, know the language. Your heart outside makes more sense than wear your heart on your sleeve it, because that because it's referring to something that is never literal in any sense. No, I, I depend. I would have I to be familiar with perspective. Yeah. Oh my god, I would have to <laughs> be familiar with more languages. Well, take two to tango. So heart on your sleeve. It. I mean, to me, wear your heart on your. Of sleeve. course, it yeah, seems think, easy to I you. I think that would translate because it's. I don't think so. Oh, at at no, all. I, no, I don't. I don't as know. long as heart means like you're interior desire you know nobody languages. knows that i don't is, know what how many languages do you speak do you know how how universal is your heart the the metaphorical heart i think it would be more universal but even if you knew that i don't think on your sleeve makes sense it's on the outside everyone can see but it. on the outside makes more sense than on your sleeve see if, if you heard on your sleeve you'd think it had something to do with I would think it has something to do with the fact that, that your sleeve is mentioned as opposed to where you're hiding your outside. And so that would be the confusing part. Yeah. Why is your sleeve mentioned? Right. That's the weird part. That's the part that I think, you know, catches you. I, I, I think there's things that translate. I mean, like, I, do. For exa- I mean, for example, and I'm not a linguist of many languages, but in French, a potato is pomme de terre, which is, the apple of the earth, right? Sure. You know, like it's a dirt apple. Uh-huh. It makes sense. You but know, that's not an idiom like no. cut the mustard. Huh. Well, I'm not saying cut the mustard makes sense. That one, I, I'm hard on your sleeve. I will argue for no. cut the mustard. I will not argue for. I don't for. think hard on your sleeve is. Mm-hmm. Don't cry over spilt milk. That's that's iffy. I don't think that's that's you know. You've you've lost a resource. It's okay. You we you'll all know what that means. No, I think that one translates. I think that one you can you can sort of get it's, it's milking milk spilling and then you cry. That kind of there's a narrative there. Yeah, you've lost a resource. Cut the mustard makes no sense. Yeah, cut the mustard is makes no sense. You don't cut mustard, or you you you. You dilute it to make it less. Yeah. So, like a pain in the neck makes sense. If, if I was trying to, if I was trying to decipher cut the mustard, I would think that it means some kind of dilution because mustard's a spicy spice, mm-hmm. and maybe you water it down to cut it. You know, but that that's not what it means. Yeah. What about taking with a pinch of salt? 
Yeah, I don't. I don't. It's a tough one, right? Because <clears throat> that means don't overthink it. Or don't overanalyze mm, it. It wouldn't be and something that somebody would be able what's to. What's that have to do with take it with a pinch of salt? Yeah, because you'd think, well, salt is what I use for food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's one that's going to be real hard to do. I think, like, maybe the best thing since sliced bread may. Like, you have to understand this a little bit, though. I don't know. That one, okay, I mean, here's I, one. I, it's not the first time I've thought about that one. And I don't I don't bring it up because every shitty comedian's brought it up, but like it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> like yeah. Like it's not that hard to slice. What about I <laughs> I heard it from the horse's mouth. That one and again, just like you said the horse's mouth, how does that even yeah, make any There's probably sense. some some proverb about a wise horse or something. I don't know. Or you're looking for this is how you judge oh, horses. No, that that's that, that's it. Like you would look at their teeth to figure out how old they are. Right. So you oh, wouldn't really? buy an old horse. Right. And that's where the you other got one it from the from horse's the, mouth. You know, you bought a good horse. And that's where don't look a good horse in the mouth comes. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Um. Okay, so here's one that I think maybe does translate break the ice. Like, I think you could, you, you could get that if you thought, if you thought it through. So again, if you took it literally, if you take it literally, then you're lost. I mean, because if you're doing a a translation and you don't Mm -hmm. know anything about the English language and all of these. Yeah. Then it it still isn't going to make any sense, but oh. if you compare it to all of the others that we've talked about, um, that's probably one of the easier so ones. Qualifying a saying as a saying would help a foreign language speaker, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, here is a saying, break yes. the ice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, if you knew that it was a metaphor and you're visualizing the metaphor, the metaphor then, then it can be- that one kind of works. It's, yeah. But it's, like yeah, breaking ice is usually a bad thing. Like like the way you normally visualize it, you're gonna fall into a lake, right? Where the idea is you're breaking a barrier. Yes. So it's not a great one, you know. All right. There are a couple here's some 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 animal ones. First one, have a monkey on your back. Oh. I could see how that could be uh would work Very against your confusing. productivity. A monkey on your back would definitely reduce your productivity. Sure. Um, okay, go on a wild goose chase. I wonder what the fuck I was doing chasing goose. Right, He's... yeah, yeah. But you would also know you're not being productive. <laughs> it, yes. It's pointless. <laughs> okay, but here's one. It's raining cats and dogs. That one would make no sense That's to. It's still. It, it, it's not. I don't even to, to understand us. why we yeah, say that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure other languages have. Oh, I'm, they do. No, they absolutely they do. do. No, this they is do. not like against English. This is just about the, the ones that have to be English. Okay, um, once in a blue moon. That one kind of makes sense because yeah. it's literally the same. Um, bark up the wrong tree. Mm. 
that one's. I mean, that has to a do weird one. Still... Well, it has to do with hunting dogs. Yeah, but again, you, you have to think about not having any idea of that. Uh, I think hunting dogs are kind of ubiquitous. But you don't you knew. No. Yes. Um. Okay. Other fish in the sea. That one makes. Yeah. No. That one would not make any sense. It. it it's. Unless you were told it was an idiom. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't. You would not understand that at all. Snowball's well, chance in hell. It wouldn't be by itself. That's, It'd be like, it would be a snowball's chance in hell yeah, that you would figure yeah. out what raining cats and dogs would mean, or raining another cats and dogs is one that fish just, in the sea that's, means. That's, I think fish in the sea is more no, understandable, especially in context, because it's going to be. Yes. Well, you missed that on Jenny, but there's more fish yes, in no, the no, sea. No, no, I think that that is more in you can get that in context. Raining cats and dogs, though. I don't even know if context would context would help you. You know, it's as long raining. as you could see that it's raining like crazy. Yeah, you'd be like, oh, "That's." But cute. if you were reading something, you'd know it was raining. But if it said it was raining cats and dogs, you would have no idea. You'd be like, "What, what the that hell's means? going on? Like, what what happened? Is it raining like a little bit? Is it raining a lot? That's raining cats and dogs is well, only descriptive if you understand. Well, hold on, the idiom. If you know cats and dogs generally don't get along together. Then it's going to be this. I I hadn't even thought of that. No. But, okay, so but if cats and if you know cats and dogs generally don't get along, then raining like cats and dogs, it's just like the Ghostbusters thing, right? It's this cacophonous thing where like if if it, the rain reminds you of cats and dogs getting together, uh-huh. then it's this cacophonous crazy okay. rain. So think about it this way: if you were hearing that for the first time, and you had to sit there and think about all of that. Or reading it. I think or, reading it is reading the best. Reading it. Or you're reading a novel. Reading, reading a novel. Yeah. If, you're, if you're reading a novel, hopefully they explain it with more detail. Yeah. Well, if you're experiencing it, you'd be like, oh, that's Yeah, and if you're experiencing it, someone says there's raining cats and dogs out there, you'll, you'll like, get what cute. they, you'll, you'll and say, you're okay, going to be looking for cats and that's dogs. What, that's oh. a weird statement. No, you'd be like, <laughs> yeah, okay, be like, that's weird, but... Oh, that's cute because yeah, cats and dogs don't get along, and that weather is not getting along out there. Right. So you like, know, it's crazy. Here's here's one that that is I think you can you can get it, and here's one that I think you'd never get it. You can get get bent out of shape. Yeah, I think that that kind of translates. What do you what do you imagine when you hear that? I imagine a, a piece of pipe. I imagine I imagine my own body being bent, really, huh. in a way that I don't like. That, that I, just I doesn't a nail, work, right? Because once a nail bends, you can't use yeah, it. You yeah. know, so okay. And here's the one that you won't ever get: as right as rain. It's it's purely alliterative, and it has no as right as rain. Yeah. I don't even know if I've ever I, heard I, somebody I've heard say it. that. I've heard yeah. it. I think it means when it's raining, it's raining. You mean know? like and and when this is true, this is true. As rain is rain. It means like perfect. It, this is as right as rain. This is it means I wouldn't say perfect. It means what you said is true. So if it's raining, it's raining. And if it's what you said, it's what you said. It's as right as rain. What if you're gonna throw caution to the wind? That's just you're gonna take a chance. Yeah. But um, but and hope for the best. Sailing idiom. I mean, if you think of it in sailing. Yeah. I mean, 
Well, yeah. no, because if you're, uh, well, I'm the analytical one, so I'm going to put all of the, I'm going to think about everything. Yeah, but if you're I'm gonna, not throwing you're, caution to the wind. Right, but you <laughs> you want to make a move, but you know that the wind is too strong and it's a risky move. You're throwing caution to the wind. I mean, that's, I won't make nah, a move. No, I, wouldn't, I would never get that. Here's one. By the skin of your teeth. Well. That wouldn't make that, any sense to anybody that. Teeth doesn't have skin. Right. No. That's the point. It wouldn't. That's why it wouldn't make any sense. What is, I mean, it depends. If it, if if it translates literally. Put yourself. If, if you had no idea what English was, somebody told you, I just got out of there by the skin of my teeth. And you'd be like, what? so you so you used your teeth? See, I somehow? still I still think you could work it backwards. <laughs> I like, don't think so. If no, you didn't no. know what. I think you could you could work judging a book by its cover backwards. Right, I think that you could do bite off more than you could chew. I think you can work back from that. Bite off more than you can. Chew. Okay, maybe. I mean, skin of the teeth is way more nuanced than those ones. Yes, but I mean, it's. It, I mean, the point is, suppose that teeth had skin, but you don't see that. So that's how narrowly you got out of there. You know, like. Well, here's a good one: can't have your cake and eat it too. That's like, I still it took don't get me, it. It, it took me until I was an adult, I think, yeah. to figure out what thing. that one. That, that is <laughs> like, really meant. that is, you know, you have to sacrifice. Fuck that. I That's, mean, the, the fun thing about it is if you think about it logically, no, I can. <laughs> <laughs> I if can, I have my cake, I can definitely eat it. <laughs> no, it. It comes down to some kind of religious parable where you... If you're, is it? Yeah, is it? I think it certainly does. I mean, where else does it come in? Where like, if you don't, what sort of look? Uh, you're pulling make my a leg. sacrifice, then you're not going. You're pulling to... my leg, Jeff. If you're if you're gluttonous, right? If you have your cake and you eat it, uh, gluttonous ain't the right word. I'm I'm no, not using the right words. Can't... But like, the only thing that says you can't have your cake and eat it is because you're supposed to be. Uh, disciplined, disciplined, or whatever you yeah. know. I don't know. I'm on the fence. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I almost thought you were serious there. <laughs> I realized you were. I mean, that, that's another really good one. I think that one would be one of the easiest ones of all of them that we have. You think so? You have, to, you, have to, you have to draw the connection that being on the fence is hard and you're going to fall off to one side or the other. Yeah, you have to make a decision which side you're going to. You can say that again. But the grass is greener. The grass is greener. The grass is not always greener on the other side. So you can say that again. That's a that's an interesting one. What about you? What is the... the um, you can't have uh, stop beating around the bush. <laughs> <laughs> that's, um, a, that's a weird one, right? Yes, like that's that, a very that comes weird. from trying to scare some animal out of a hedge or something. I, I, I don't and know. And you've been beating around no the bush, idea. and the animal's not coming out. So, so stop wasting your effort. But it's not. It, it's not stop wasting your effort. It, it's it's it means, stop. Stop trying De- to delaying. Yeah, stop delaying. 
Yeah, so it doesn't make any sense because yeah. it's a weird change from stop wasting your time trying to mm-hmm. rouse the animal to stop waste stop delaying. Ooh, there's some good ones here. Okay. I, I have the advantage that I have a screen in front of me, so yeah. just so everyone knows. Um all right, a blessing in disguise. Yeah. That you can sort of make that sense because it's a blessing you sort of understand and it being in disguise you can sort of understand so you can probably yeah, go with it I think most people would understand that one right away now employing that phrase is is loaded I think yes because it's it's a whole delayed about, gratification religious thing what about why buy the cow when you can get the milk for free <laughs> It's a very loaded one, <clears throat> but I mean, you usually can't get the milk for free. It, it's very specific yeah. to one thing. <laughs> but it, it also, like, it, I mean, it, if you're it, talking about cows, it requires you. To you're do either very no. The milk. I'm, I'm talking. I'm no. talking about the. Yeah, it requires you the, to to very abstractly connect certain things. Yeah. Right. But if you take it literally, you're either buying the milk or you're stealing the milk. You can't get the milk for free. So it's abstract in that form. All right. Caught between a rock and a hard place. That's a good one, right? It's just too bad to... It, it's still... I, I, I didn't know what that meant until I was probably 15 or so. Yeah. Like, like just... Really? Because, yeah, it, it did, I didn't grasp it. Um, I was never caught between a yeah. rock and a hard place. <laughs> yeah, because... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I'd, uh, okay, um, some of these, some of these, I can sort of see you could get through a, a dime a dozen. Mm-mm. That one, I don't even really. know. You have to know what a dime is. I know what a dozen is, and you can then sort of make a sense of that. I mean, that one, the value increases over time on that one, <laughs> like two hundred or years decreases ago. over time. No, the value, it's a better value over time because dimes, inflation causes that to be. Well, the point is, if something is a dime a dozen, then then you can get a dozen of them for just a dime. There was a time when. There was a time when. A dozen when, eggs. Yes, and that's why I'm saying less than a over dime. time that it gets less and less valuable because over time, a dime means so much more. So if something is a dime a dozen now, well, it's a better then it, it, it's, it's basically they're giving it away for free. Yeah. It's not a better deal. It's something that, that's worthless. If it's a dime a dozen, it's worthless. It wasn't always, though, is what I'm saying. I still Two, think 200 it was... 200 years ago, 200 years ago, cost a dime. it was still not one for a dime. It was Did we have dimes 200 years dime. ago? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, there, there's stuff, like, I remember reading stuff like Ben Franklin would talk about how he would go to a, a bakery and get all this shit for a penny. So yeah, it was different. Yeah. Um, yeah, we talked about beat around the bush, um, adding insult to injury. That one's, it's iffy. That one's That's tough. on the fence on that one. Um, I mean, there's really no way to misinterpret that one because there's nothing that has to do with animals or, yeah. <laughs> Uh, best of both worlds. I can. I think you can. You can make sense that of one that. Would be easier. Biting off more than you can chew. I think you mm-hmm. could kind of grasp that. Like, don't don't judge judge a book by its cover. 
those both like, yeah. you know, philosophically, they sort of make sense. Um, yeah, do something. We talked about a drop of a hat, right? Do something at the drop of a hat. Right? That doesn't make sense. That one doesn't make no. any sense at all. Why would you do something at the drop of a hat? What does that mean? I mean, maybe it is starting of a race kind of thing. Instead of, uh, you know, at the starting pistol, mm. maybe a hat was dropped. Maybe. So you do something at the, maybe it was signifying maybe. the start of a race. Do we know yeah. that? We don't. We don't, but we're trying to figure things out. So I'm, my best guess without using the internet right now is that dropping a hat started a race and you could do something then. Okay, here's one. Uh, getting a taste of your own medicine. Tastes. Of your own medicine. Yeah. Medicine tastes bad. Your own medicine is the bad things you do to other people so you get to experience yes that's what it means but would you be able to get it it would be difficult be very the, difficult the, that wouldn't make any sense uh hitting the nail on the head that one also wouldn't make any sense like i would think of that in a literal term and wonder what the hell yeah hitting a nail a physical nail on the head mm -hmm. would have anything to do with what somebody just said to me. You hit one, the nail on the head. That really hits the nail on the head. I don't know. I, I'm taking a much more lenient view on a lot of these. I know you are. Here's I one am. that I think Definitely. sounds like it might be easy, but I think it's going to be really, really hard. Giving the benefit of the doubt. I I think I the same I, thing. I, it's I, just going to be. That's one I've known since I was super young. Right. Yeah, like, we do. It was just a series of words I never yeah, understood. Exactly. And if you try to interpret it as a, as in any way other than a series of words that. And your parents never give you the benefit yeah, of the doubt, right. even though they said it. <laughs> they know. And they're not giving you the benefit of doubt. They're giving you the benefit of the doubt. And so. You have an article in front of it, which is trying, you know. Yeah, that shouldn't be there. Yeah. Okay, no pain, no gain. That one makes more sense. That one. That one I can get. I think somebody would be able to understand if they translated it. Yeah, I think that one. I I I imagine, but we were thinking of English structure of how we're thinking of that thing. So maybe yes or maybe no. On the ball. Nope. Not at all. Ball is a physical Yeah. Object. If you're on the ball, that sounds like you should be sitting it, it, on it, it, a it's physical ball. Right. If you're on the ball, that, that feels like if you're taking it literally, it should be a very precarious position. Yeah, I'm guessing, like, I'm guessing it's a baseball etymology. Like, like you're ready to hit the ball. It wouldn't. It, Let's see. I'm curious about this one because, yeah, I agree. It makes doesn't make sense. Where did it come from? Well, as they say here, your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> that sort of makes that sense. one would be easy to figure out. Yeah. Uh, speak of the devil. That one, I. That one would be hard to understand yes, because yes. not only would you not, um, it's an English language thing, but it's religious thing. Yes. So you're combining two things here mm -hmm. that if somebody is not. Yeah, it, it goes religious. back to keep your eye on the ball. Keep your eye on, mm -hmm. on the ball is short for mm -hmm. keep your eye on the ball. Interesting. Um, 
The Last Straw? That one, no. Yeah, I, I, I would think that would be very confusing. Where does that come from? Because you can imagine the last straw if you're picking straws, but that's not what the last straw means. No, it means that, that that was a that was the thing that that put me over the edge. The the, the what broke the camel's back? Right, another one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's what it is. It's the last straw that broke the camel's back. Mm-hmm. It's just something you don't want to do because you need your camel. Well, it's about the fact that there's nonlinear dynamics with piles. <laughs> you look at me like a fucking crazy. The idea being that you have a water molecule, but a water molecule itself isn't wet. Okay. What's the point? How many water molecules do you get to the point where it's wet? How many? You can put a bunch of pieces of straw. When does that become a pile? Okay. Is there a number when that becomes a pile? And the answer is, it's not. There's not like a point. It's, no. it's nonlinear. There's a point that there, there's sort of a it, it's a gradient and then there's it sort of suddenly many, changes. To there's a pile. too many variables, <laughs> but it like it's not a pile and then suddenly it is a pile. It just changes suddenly. Um, so it's not you know. It, I mean, there's there's a great visual aspect of the last straw because a piece of straw is so light. Mm-hmm. There's no way it's going to break anything, right? right? But when you add them up to a, a large whole bunch, number, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, we're weighing a, a ton of feathers. It's still, still a ton, even though they're all feathers. I think of Jenga and a bunch of straw instead of the wood pieces in a Jenga sure. game. And you just keep but, on but pulling it. So a piece of straw means nothing. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's senseless until you get to a point where, I mean, that's really interesting because I was going to say. Got, it's really interesting what you're saying, because I was going to say that, you no, know, Jenga is more linear, but then I realized it's not. It's a really good way of explaining it, because while because Jenga does sort of get more as you as you play, it gets more wobbly. Mm-hmm. But there's a point where it fails. And Back. until then, it's it's OK. It's still a rigid structure. Yeah. So. It is yes. It's very good example of nonlinear dynamics is is Jenga because there's a point where it's just going to fail, but until then you're just it's linear, 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 and then it's not anymore. Yep. So and that's the last straw. Yeah, that's the last straw. Uh, what about go down in flames? Do you have rocks on it or anything that seems? Yeah. So far, on the shelf. There's like blood splatter all over this. Um, Did you kill somebody? Are you dying? Someone decided to play the fireman today. I pulled someone over the so. We're talking idioms. How you doing? Great. We have to get blood out of something. I'll be back. Okay. No, you don't. It's not your shirt. She can pour peroxide on it. Okay. Go down in flames. So that's very evocative. Uh-huh. Was, I mean, I'm curious. Gotta get I'm the, curious if that was a saying before airplanes. Probably, but if you think about it, go down in flames. Like a, a ship could go down in flames. Yeah. Okay. So could an asteroid. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's more plasma. It goes down yeah, in plasma. technically, you're you're. It's not flames. It's it's 
pressure blast pressure that's doing that but that's a <laughs> it's a good joke though yeah i like it uh okay so we, uh, uh that's like riding a bike uh now see i have to argue that one because riding a bike was not an easy task for me no but the point being that if, if once you've learned it you can go back to it very easily bullshit <laughs> When we when you went back to riding a bike with me, you didn't need training wheels. You didn't wobble. You know how to keep balance. It's like riding a bike. I yeah, just had like, to get over the, yes, the you didn't traumatic have to, experience. Yes, but you didn't have to learn the balance skill all Trail. Over again. Yeah, once you've learned it, yeah. you've learned it. But I don't think somebody... I agree. that That's a hard thing to to translate. I think. Um, burning bridges. It's literally there's a not. there's a very it you know like you you could explain it to someone yeah. if you think about uh the fact that we have a social connection and then you think about that like a bridge and then you burn that bridge, but you have to explain all those analogies mm-hmm. before that makes any sense. Ooh, here's one. Dead Ringer. Dead Ringer. I mean, I always presume it had to do with duck hunting. Huh. Because. But what, like, that's a dead ringer for. You're a dead ringer for. The duck that you shot versus the duck that the dog found. Looks the same. I don't know that one. That one's I weird. I always assumed it had to do with duck hunting. That one's weird. I think you might be off your rocker. That that's just a rude dementia <laughs> thing, right? Those ladies <laughs> on rocking chairs have dementia like that. that well, I think it's that, where, that, that might that's be, as bad as the N word. I mean, that might be where it comes from, but that's not how it's used, right? Um, what are you talking about? Off, off your, your rocker. rocker. Oh, that means you've just lost your damn mind. But where did yeah. it come from? It came from like crazy old ladies on rocking chairs. I don't know. I'm all ears. <laughs> That's another good one. Yeah. Um, like add fuel to the fire. That makes sense to me. To you, maybe. But it doesn't make sense to somebody who doesn't. Add fuel to the fire? I think you can get You You could get that. Um, but... We said go down in flame. We, no, we did. We talked about that. Um, burning bridges was the one you missed. Burning bridges. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she's opening the pistachios. Oh, the salt Uh-oh. and pepper, Uh-oh. crunchy and crackly. From the here salt on out. and pepper pistachio. All right. Um. Yeah, all ears, <laughs> ants in your pants. <laughs> That would make anybody jump. I mean, a lot of these would be like, that's a weird way to say it kind of thing. Yeah, It's kind of cute. And that's one of those, right? Like, because if you take it literally, and you're like, what could the, you know, like, this is an idiom. Okay, what could it mean? Okay, I got it. Unless they're a bad egg. What's that? Bad egg. Bad egg. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you're used to dealing with like if you have a, a bunch of eggs, one of them goes bad, and so that's your bad egg, right? I mean, you can sort of. What about if you have oh. one bad apple? 
well, a bad apple, it, uh, one bad apple spoils the bunch. Mm-hmm. So uh, similar to all these, which makes less sense to me, is black sheep. Mm-hmm. There, it's also very you know racially tinted. If you really think about it, yeah. Um. Oh, here's one. Here's a good one. Beef up. Beef up. Like toughen up. Yeah, I'm sure. I've ever heard that one. I don't hear. Yeah, really. I mean, you you got it right away. Well, yeah, because. <laughs> I know the English language. Maybe we have a bigger fish to fry. <laughs> that one would be tough. That for one somebody. doesn't make sense. Yeah. 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 Um, bend over backward. Hmm. That'd be hard not to take literally and then try to figure out what that means. Mm hmm. Well, it'd always be used in. I'm not going to bend over backward for yeah. you. Well, I mean, wait a minute, Jeff. I have a bone to pick. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was real tough. Um, I get it, though, right? If Yeah, I mean, well, no, I don't. No, wait, no. If resources are scant, you're going to pick the bones clean. Okay. So I have a bone to pick with you. I'm not going to let this go until we've fleshed it all out. I'm using another idiom <laughs> that works. We've fleshed out the entire bone of, you know, this issue. There's nothing I left. I guess, to- but you have to understand that you're applying bone to pick to something entirely different, which is just, I'm angry and mad about you, with you about something. Did you put my clothes in the Well, it's more specifically, I'm not willing to let this go. This anger go. Not necessarily. I got a bone to pick with that guy. Means that I don't. I want to talk to that I guy. Don't and, agree and, and and express my displeasure. Doesn't mean I won't let it go eventually. Mm. Okay. Um, that's my bread and butter. Uh, see that one. That one's and and what is it? Don't don't shit where you're. Don't don't you where you eat? Where you eat? Yeah, I think everyone will get that one. Yeah, <laughs> will they? I think so. Don't shit where you eat. To me, makes sense because yeah, don't shit where you eat. Now, now in terms of applying that to like making that be don't don't have a relationship with somebody at work, right? That's mm-hmm. a more difficult thing. Bread and butter, though, that one I can't back up. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, it's yummy, but lots of things are yummy. Yeah, same with butter up. Don't know that one. Oh, I'm gonna yeah, butter you, you up do. for. Oh, butter you up. Yeah. That one wouldn't make any sense. I mean, if it, I guess if you're cooking, you can sort of. I love butter, so it's easy for me. Mm-hmm. But if I was taking that out of the equation. Wouldn't make any sense. But you're not, if you butter up a food, you're making it taste better. If you're buttering up a person, you're making them more amenable to the situation. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so the question is, how far does the analogy go, right? How far can you, can you take the, I the, take the literal and stretch it to the analogy? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I'm, I'm just trying to figure out how you know, buttering a person up 
applies to any use of butter. Because it's how they feel about it. Mm. Right? Well, you butter a turkey, it doesn't feel better about it. But, but you could say I'm buttering up this proposal for this. Okay, but 99% of the time you're buttering up a person. You're you're giving a compliment to a person. Mm. Yeah. That's a tough one. What if you have a change of heart? <laughs> you have to understand that a heart means feelings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And once you get that. I guess it would be the easier one. Then, it, then it's, I think it's easy. Uh, when we talk about heart on the sleeve, same thing. I really want to know. Like globally, in how many languages heart means feelings? Yeah, I think <laughs> from what I know, I think it's pretty widespread. At least Western, right? In Western cultures, it's widespread. I don't know how. Uh, I think you got a a peanut, a shell. Why is he in here? Because he's figured out how to get through. We'll put him in his crate. Okay, here's one that's cultural: cherry on top. That one would be extremely confusing. Yeah. Like, you'd you'd have to understand the culture mm-hmm. to get why that's interesting and, and, you know, why that's, why that means something. Because yeah. what would a cherry on top mean? It could mean this is bad. It could mean a whole bunch of different things. Ooh. Your chicken, or you're chickening out. What did you say? Your chicken, or you're chickening out. Um, don't will be. How do you get from chicken to being afraid? Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen chickens before. They're not particularly afraid of. No, no, not normally. They're normally assholes, and they'll come after you. Yeah, and they're they're dumb, and they're just going to go up to the danger, and yeah, they don't care. Yeah. Chip off the old block. <laughs> it makes sense to me. It's same as apple doesn't far, fall far from the tree. Your 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 parents. Mm. Okay, cool as a cucumber. Not at all. <laughs> it's alliterative. Yeah. Cost an arm and a leg. Again, alliterative. No, that no that, one, that's not alliterative. I mean, alliterative means literally it, 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 it is way better than pretty penny. Like cool cucumber. They're the same. They start with the same um, okay. phonetics. No, arm and a leg is way better than pretty penny. Because you know, <clears throat> if you're going, if you're, if you want something so bad, you would give up an arm and a leg. And it's pretty fucking good, right? Ooh, I never thought of this, but this is a good one. Crack a window. Because it means like open a window slightly, right? But if but you think crack a window, used? wouldn't you think hit a window so it cracks? No. I've been thinking of it open slightly. Crack? Yeah. Crack a window. I, I would see, think I see what you're saying. Like, um, like I've never heard that used. 
Oh, I've, I've heard, you know, crack the door open, you know, crack, crack, crack the window. door open. I've never heard crack the window. I've heard it used, but like, if you, if, if you were used to, if you weren't used to language, you'd think, you mean break it? Because you're making cracks in the glass, right? But my question is, <laughs> what, what, put it in a sentence. Uh, crack the window open. It's cold out here, or it's warm okay. here. Okay, so literally what I thought. Not, okay. Yeah, not a metaphor. Like that really cracks the window open. I mean, you could use it that way, I guess, right? Yeah. Like, oh, you really opened a can of worms. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cream of the crop. You have to know. Like I know that it comes from something agricultural. From dairy. I know that it's the best of the best, mm-hmm. but I don't know why they say cream of the crop. Mm-hmm. Cross your fingers. I think the superstition comes that's, Yeah. But that's an entirely cultural thing mm-hmm. because there's plenty of different, you know, cultures of different, different things. So, Saying cross your fingers like uh, uh, we're about to do this, cross your fingers, mm-hmm. right? That's not going to make sense to anybody. No, so not at all. Culturally. Um, uh, similarly, cry wolf, right? That's based on the story. Mm-hmm. If you don't know the story, cry wolf doesn't mean anything. Okay, you're crying wolf, big deal. What, what, what does crying wolf even mean? I mean, Means that no, I know what it means, but I'm saying like if you were, if you just heard somebody yeah. say that, no, you that, need that, the you need the. Don't culture. worry about it. He's just crying wolf. Yeah. What? Mm-hmm. It's just what? Sky is falling. Yeah. Well, that it's like raining cats and dogs. But sky and falling actually has the opposite meaning, right? Because it's a chick a little thing, and it's because. It means well. I usually hear it in the in the context of "Don't worry, the sky isn't falling." So I I usually hear it as it's not the end of the world. Well, if someone says the sky is falling, then it is. But usually people say this guy, this guy isn't falling. So it's not like they're saying it's not like cry wolf to in my experience. Because if you're crying wolf, then someone is actually doing it. If someone's saying the sky is falling, then you have to watch out unless someone say, don't worry, this guy isn't falling. I, maybe that's a mm. too big of a distinction, but I don't know. But hey, cut me some slack. Mm-hmm. That's a tough one. Cut me some slack. Especially literally, right? Mm-hmm. Cut, mm-hmm. cut slack? I think it doesn't make sense, right? Literally. Mm-hmm. Same with cutting corners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Like you could you could maybe work it out, mm-hmm. but it would take you some time. And all along you'd be dragging your feet. Uh-huh. There are a lot of these. English is full of these. Uh don't drop the ball. I think we got that one, right? Yeah, keep your eye on the ball. Keep your eye on the ball, but don't drop the ball. That's probably baseball too. Probably a little bit easier. Keep your ear to the ground. 
air to the ground. Well, with drop the ball and keep your eye on the ball, you almost need to understand the rules of baseball <laughs> to get that one. If you don't know the rules of baseball, yeah, who cares if you drop drop the ball? Okay, here's one that I maybe still don't get. Every cloud has a silver lining. I mean, we all know what it means, mm-hmm. but where it came from, I don't know. Like, you have to understand that a cloud is something bad, but a silver lining is something good. I just think of, like, the sun beam on the edge of a cloud. Like, there's always light at the end of the tunnel. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I would say that expression is for the birds. Okay. This is it too dry? <laughs> <laughs> Good thing I hooked up that cough button over there. No, <laughs> 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 Greg is tapping out. Too <laughs> much pepper. How you doing? Me? Mm-hmm. I'm great. Excited about next week? I am. I'm also nervous. Of course you are. Don't overthink it. I always overthink everything. I'm analytical. I overthink everything. He's <laughs> like stuck in the back of my throat. Oh, no. It's the worst. Get off my back. <laughs> I was trying to think of one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Really gotten out of hand. (laughs) Hell or high water. Uh, mm Mm-hmm. That that's that's a weird one. That is a weird one. Oh, I'm glad I got this out of my system. Greg's gonna come back. Come hell or high water. Yeah. Get your ducks in a row, everybody. Get your act together. (laughs) Don't drop the ball now. Oh, I got my feet wet. You got your, you got to get your eye, your, um, get your eye on the game, man. Get your feet wet. What is that? That means like once you've, I get that's like take a, you know, dip your, Mm -hmm. dip your toes in. Yeah. Oh, like a swimming thing? Yeah. See, I'm thinking of it as a situation where you wouldn't want to get your feet wet, but once you do, fuck it, you might as well just do your thing. No. It's dipping I mean, your toes in. Give it a whirl. Hmm? Give it a whirl. Yeah. That's a tough one. Oh, giving someone the cold shoulder. Oh. That's like, you have to learn a lot of social dynamics to understand what that even means. That's when you're true. A kid, that doesn't mean anything. Most adults, yeah, don't even understand that one. Uh, going back to the drawing board, that one took a long time for me to get to when yeah. I was a kid. Because <laughs> we don't have drawing boards anymore. Yeah, no, I did when I was a kid, though. Okay, here's here's one. Go the extra mile. Yeah, that. Maybe you can make sense of that. 
but only if you had a here's my gut feeling. <laughs> You'd have to use your gut. Yeah. I think gut feeling is probably more universal than you think. I think that's one of those things that's in many languages though. Maybe the concept is, but but probably not described as your gut. Probably something else. Like I like your heart is probably in Western cultures there, but it's probably something else in other cultures, like your 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 key or something. Mm-hmm. Um hang in there. Yeah. That I one mean, was... as long as it's a company with a kitten poster. Right, yes. You see it, if you see it on a kitten poster, you get it. What about if you're happy as a clam? That one that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't at all. make any sense. Um, okay, let's see. Here's one. It's hit or miss. I guess. Who hit the sack? Nobody would get that. That one. doesn't. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. It's time for you to hit the sack. Nope. Well, I mean, if you know enough and you try to work it backwards, right? I mean, a mattress is what a sack of soft things. <laughs> if, if if it wouldn't, yeah, you there would be way too many That's, things you would have to try yeah. to dissect in order to when get I think that of one sack, out. I think of um, like a sleeping bag, not a mattress. I don't know. If we were alive 200 years ago and mattresses were made of hay and down. Maybe. I don't know. But hold your horses. If you're a farmer, you know, your horses might want to go. I don't I don't know. What is that? But how does that mean? Like, oh, hey, slow down, buddy. Because horses are fast and they want to go and you got to stop them. I'm falling for this hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> it's a fishing term, right? Yeah, but you got to understand. Yeah, no, yeah, no fishing. fishing in order for that to be. It's like sense. baseball. Um. Hmm. You and I were in the same boat. Probably a little easier to understand. Probably. I mean, can't go different directions. If you're in the same boat. I mean, it's not rocket science. Right. <laughs> or, not, or, or the term that I've heard. It's not rocket surgery. Yes. That's the term I've heard used more these days. This is not mm-hmm. rocket surgery, which I think is funnier. Um, okay. Here's one I still don't get on cloud nine. Yeah. I think it's a literary reference. I don't know where it's from. I don't know either. But we know what it means only because we've been exposed to it. Mm-hmm. That's something that we can't even explain why we know what it means. Like, it's not like hook, line, and sinker where you can say, oh, that comes from fishing. Right. Mm-hmm. On cloud nine is meaningless. As far as I know. Yeah, it's not even religious mm-hmm. that I can think of. If anybody is actually still listening <laughs> to this. Hmm. Love to hear the comments. Well, if I'm going to give away something else we'll never share about. <laughs> <laughs> if someone is listening, I'd be pleased as punch. What's that? If someone is listening, I'd be pleased as punch. Yeah. That's another one. Pleased as punch. 
doesn't make any sense at all. No. Play it by ear. No. No, no, not really. Like We're just used to it. Yeah. How are you going to get through this? I'm going to play it by ear. Mm-mm. No. Only if you're thinking, like, I'm singing a song, I'm going to play it by ear, mm-hmm. or that makes sense. But if you're like, how are you going to get through this drag race, I'm going to play it by ear. How does, what does no, no, my ear have to do with it? It's, it's all metaphor. How does listening have to do with it? If you're an accomplished getting... musician who can sight read. Yes, but mm-hmm. only that so oh, it only makes then. sense in that case, but it's, it's used in a general case, an idiom, and so what well, makes sense. Then you're sense. thinking of your ear and how yeah. your ear is going to have anything to do with it. Like, you would think maybe you would understand it if it was used in the context of something musical, mm-hmm. but it's not often used in the context of the musical or, or it, it certainly can be used in the context of something that's not musical at all, in which case yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Um, pull yourself together. Yeah. <laughs> that's a fun one. That one doesn't, I mean, imaginatively it makes sense but yeah yeah run in circles <laughs> i mean it's easily to understand literally but to understand that means that you're idiomatically that you're not accomplishing, not accomplishing anything. anything that's a stretch yeah i mean chase your own tail same thing yeah second wind mm. that's a t- uh, like how do you even explain that? I'm curious about that one. Is Another that... burst of energy. Yeah. I know what it is. Well, I'm just, he said, how do you explain it? Yeah, but like in sailing is second wind a thing or. Yeah. But there's also a third wind in well, sailing, I think it, I think right? I don't there's... think it's sailing. I think it's, it, it's breath. I think it's, mm. you know, the wind is in, in your breath and this is your second Breath. Hmm. Now we're seeing eye to eye. <laughs> you just finally got your head above water. Mm-hmm. I tell you what, we we start putting this on the market. It's going to sell. Holy like shit! Cakes. We've been at this post show for three hours. No, what? We no, we haven't. You know, we didn't stop the recording, so it's remember. We didn't stop the recording for the main show, so. Yeah, I did. You did? No, you, did? you didn't. Uh-huh. We haven't been at this for three hours. It's only 12. Oh, it's two hours, 57 minutes, 457. Oh, okay. Well, it's been a long post show. Well, get home. You're going to sleep like a log. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Three-hour post show. Yeah. Nobody's listening. Hmm. Starting off on the wrong foot. Give a secret word. We'll see how many people are listening. I bet no. you three people listen. All right. Don't give away nothing. Just give us. I mean, the word. beauty of this is that people can listen to it while they're doing shit because they're not going to miss anything important. So, yeah. so we can just have this on the background. And What's the secret word? Joy. Joy? That's not a good secret. It's behind you. I know, but it's not a good secret word. Comparison is the thief of joy. Comparison's a good secret word. Okay. Comparison. Comparison. That's a good secret word. I like that one. Comparison, people. And, and for you guys who are listening, the ball's in your court. Don't forget. But also, the early bird gets the worm. 
pay no attention to the elephant in the room. The elephant in the room. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the icing on the cake. It's the camel. It's the straw that broke the camel's back. <laughs> the last straw. The whole nine yards. <coughs> Where's that come from, I wonder? Well, football's got to be. Uh-huh. But why does... The whole nine yards? Yeah. Why is it nine as opposed to ten? I know. Think on your feet. Put your mouth where your money is. Mm-hmm. Put money where your mouth where is. Where your mouth is, yeah. Mm. Time flies when you're having fun. Mm. That one. You have to understand that time flying is a metaphor. Mm-hmm. For going fast. Mm-hmm. Make a long story short. That kind yeah. of feels like that makes sense. Ooh, under the table. Oh, yeah. That's a weird one, right? That's like under the weather. It's like, where you, where does that come from? Ooh, up in arms. That's another one. That would be confusing. Yeah. I'm either drunk or I can't read Wikipedia anymore, but (laughs) I don't know where the whole nine yards comes from. But it's related to the whole ball of wax. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. It comes from Indiana or South Carolina in the 1850s. And um, I don't understand this article. I know. Can can you wrap your head around it? part of a family of expressions in which the odd sounding terms such as enchilada shooting match shebang or hog is substituted for ball of wax hmm. I think people will understand that the, when pigs the fly. nine and nine yards might be related to to the nines dress the nines yeah that's one that's so it doesn't necessarily have to do with football it's it's hmm. this weird the whole blankety blank nine yards and maybe nine was picked from dressed to the nines. It's a bunch of non-meaning bullshit on top of non-meaning bullshit. Mm-hmm. Love it. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. that's the, I think we wrap this show on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Your top banana. Damn. Thank you, Greg. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm a couch potato. <laughs> That wouldn't be very confusing. <laughs> but hey, you're going to soon be in Seattle needing the big cheese. The big cheese. Um, and you're all done with having any bun in the oven, so that's... Oh, God. Oh, yeah. That's good. Um, but um, I do feel like I do want to egg you on, Jeff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bring it. <laughs> Um, I mean, maybe it's beating a dead horse, but, you know, a leopard can't change its spots. Beating a dead horse is one that I didn't understand as a kid. Mm -mm. Yeah. 
that's that's one that you have to think about and like really ponder. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, you should just clam up. Uh-huh. These fucking clam ones make the least yeah, out of all yeah. of them. What cat got your tongue? That one too. Hey, don't have a cow. <laughs> okay, Bart. That was from the nineties, man. Yeah. Cowbunga, man. You know, take take the bull by the horns and pig out. Pig out. Until the cows come home. Are you gonna slay this night? I don't know. I smell a rat. <laughs> I mean, I got to get the lion's share, but it's going to, otherwise going to hurt my nest egg. Hmm. Don't want this to snowball. <laughs> this is never going to end. Is it? <laughs> Maybe it's time we face What's the music. What's the one? See the forest through the... See the forest for the trees. Yeah, that's a tough one, that's, too. That's one that I never understood when I was a kid. Oh, that makes my blood boil. <laughs> <laughs> but as a rule of thumb, <laughs> you don't want to stick your neck out. You just want to wash your hands of it. Rule of thumb. Never looked into it. I presume it means a measurement of... yeah. Like I think it's yeah I think it's it's based on measuring something but because they used to measure like by arm lengths and stuff mm-hmm. like that so that would make sense but um, I mean sometimes my head's just in the clouds so I don't know mm-hmm. time for me to leave this neck of the woods I think <laughs> I think so thanks everybody. Uh, that was fun, man. There's lots of idioms out there. They're crazy. What's a see you later one? Um, we need a see you later one. You said you'll leave this neck of the woods. Um, You're going to run like the wind. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's the straw that broke the camel's back right there. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone. See see you next time.